0: What's up, Podcast World? Back at you. This life ain't for everybody. NAWC.com. Have you got signed up to become a contestant in the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships? You hunt deer? You hunt?
1: I, I have. Not I, I have I have hunted deer, but I'm and I uh, just keep missing out on the tags. And then I won't put in each year, so then you don't build up your credits, you know? Um, so I haven't gotten a deer since I was junior tag. But it's been, I've been putting in, and then I'll eat for a year and then I won't get up a, a guaranteed tag. you know. So if, if I made the decision, if I don't get one this year, then I'm going to go to Montana or somewhere and just get to go hunt, like guaranteed hunt. Do you ever archery hunt? No, we talked about that, and I got some buddies that do, obviously Weiss and uh, another buddy, Darren Bearcloth, who's, who's a Red Bull athlete, um, one of the pioneers in my sport. He's, he's into it. Um, yeah, I, I got a few friends that do, and it's, I mean it sounds pretty gnarly like it sounds like it's a it's a hell of a lot of work and you know days and days that you wouldn't see before the kill you know a hell of a lot harder than a than you know right i mean a
0: rifle hunt can be difficult too it's just that archery hunting is a totally different mindset well there's different types of archery hunting too if you're spotting stalking mule deer that's a lot different than sitting in a box blind and waiting for a deer to come into a feed plot even though that takes a lot of ingenuity and talent too but this 2019 north american whitetail championship that we've partnered with It's 14 regions in America and Canada that you can sign up for 300 bucks. And you get a chance to qualify and and, and be entered to win for fifty thousand dollars cash money for you know the biggest white-tailed deer, you know. So it's all archery, it's fourteen regions in American Canada, three hundred dollars to sign up, you have a chance to win fifty grand, and there's a ton of cool sponsors behind it, including like Tacticam and Gator Coolers, Bone Collector, Michael Waddell's the title sponsor of it. But it's given people the chance to go out and test their skills. And a lot of times when you hear contest and money and hunting in the same sentence, you often you, all have, you have to think ethics, rules, don't break the rules just to win that money. And you, there, there's a fine line to walk there. But Steve Schmidt and Clint Walker, the organizers of this uh, World Whitetail Championships, they've done a great job in setting the precedence of, of, of the fairness and the legalities of it and how it's going to all play out. And what, they've got,
1: what, are the, what are the rules of it? I mean, what, what could possibly be broken if there weren't any ethics or someone's being untruthful?
0: Well, I just think that there, you know you could kill a deer that's not in your region and say it's there. You can you can do things. There's there's so many different ways to to freeze heads and and then score them, and it might not have even been killed that year. There, really. So they, they have things going on like videoing and and, and judges and people around you know to, to watch the hunt go down and and things of that nature, but they they are doing a great job in getting the word out there that this is about promoting the ethics and the morals of what a hunter really is and what our our standards are and that it doesn't matter if there's money involved that we still have to do things right and they've done it with they've done it with turkey championships they've done it with some other different you know there's a duck championship in augusta arkansas i've never been a a real big proponent of them but as i talked to steve and clint on this deal um you know like back to your question there's so many people that have poached there's people that shoot deer out of their area out of season they might see a deer you know a week before the season starts and know that 50 grand do they kill it freeze it hide it until it's ready to do it and these guys have put all these things in place to to prohibit that so we're behind it we're supporting it and i think it's going to be good to get new hunters involved it's going to keep people you know excited about hunting and
1: archery hunting and this is all archery
0: yeah, it's all archery, one hundred percent.
1: That's epic. That's a decent prize purse for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. And the, the prizes that you get right when you enter for three hundred bucks, you get a prize package that's already got a tacticam, which is a POV camera yeah. for your hunts. You get one of these Gator cooler tumbler cups that I'm drinking out of right here. You get a ton of accessories and broadheads and sights and stuff for your bow. You get a T-shirt and hat from it. There's a big dinner there. There's a concert. There's um, there's just a bunch of cool people involved in it. It's it's headquartered in the state of Kansas. And I was I was talking to you about. Uh, you know, hunting and, and people's outlook on it. And we need to do things that are out of the box and creative, as long as it shows the ethics and the passion and the compassion, and the passion for the lifestyle and the compassion for the animals that hunters have. I and think, this is, and this I, is doing a good job of that.
1: I think that's the biggest thing is the most, most of the people that are against guns are just ignorant and take a blind eye to it because they, they haven't, they have no interest in diving in. They just want to to look at it like a like a sore ankle you just want to like only focus on the negative and rather than just trying to trying to dive in and get and get knowledgeable and figure out this is the kind of stuff that people are like oh because they just the, mo, the majority of people they claim that they understand hunting but then you don't need to hunt we don't live in the early 18th century where you have to kill your own meal and I think that the biggest thing is just trying to trying to educate people in in a creative way like this that majority of people that, that have guns are responsible, and they have them for a purpose, and they, it's a huge part of their life. And, uh, and the ignorant people shouldn't be the ones that take it away from us.
0: And if you think about it with, with, like, with what Wise was saying, is that everything comes at a cost. And if you really break down what hunters do for conservation as a whole and for the animal populations as a whole then you'll you'll start to have a better understanding. But you're exactly right, Cam, is that educating people and not getting excited, not getting fired up, not being ignorant, not going out and doing something that's detrimental to the sport, like being disrespectful to animals or poaching or cheating or showing that there are no ethics involved in this lifestyle. We're all about ethics, and we put the animals first on a daily basis. We only hunt for a certain amount of days a year. The rest of the year, we're thinking about the animals. We're putting money into licensing and stamps and different conservation, you know, Things that are going to help out the habitat, help out egg salvage programs, help out the the habit uh, the populations of these animals all over the country. And when you have somebody like in your shoes, or like David Wise's shoes, or you know Scotty Lego was here a couple of weeks ago, they've lost sponsors. I don't know if you have. I'm going to ask you, but they've lost sponsors because they voice their support of the second amendment of guns of freedom of hunting and conservation and living off the land with this provider type mentality and they've had, they've and i said well what did you do did you go into a, a hole and they're like no we said see ya, don't let the door hit you in the ass and that's a big stance man when you guys are in your world because in your world you have a lot of people that don't hunt in that world there are some but oh, there's, there's a lot ton. but when it comes to sponsors and manufacturers in that area and that niche it almost seems like i'm not saying they're against it i'm not saying that the red bulls and the monsters and, and all of these bike companies are against hunting or guns but they sure as heck aren't probably they're probably not going to come out and stand on a platform and support no, they don't,
1: don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole and like we were talking about a minute ago there's I, I should have looked up while we we're before this what the conglomerate is and what the parent company of Jiro and all these other companies are but people completely banned them from the industry and people voiced it on all the forums and and are boycotting buying their products because their parent company makes guns which is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean I I don't know it's it's the it's a tough subject because Whereas you could go out and just voice your opinion and say, "Look, full Second Amendment," or you just kind of just remain neutral toward it uh, and don't really post things promoting it and just try to try to not even worry about it. You know, because like we saying, that the majority of people that are for gun control and and right wing conservatives are usually a little more quiet ones. You know, they're going to vote and they're gonna they're gonna keep their peace of mind. They're gonna they're gonna keep their morals and not really be be conflicted by the major major media that's, that's majority, almost all of its left-wing. So I think the biggest thing is is uh, just keeping your ideals and keeping your morals and keeping your core identity without letting it be influenced. Like Facebook and all these companies, everyone in Silicon Valley, they're just getting fired or banished if, you're, if you even support our president, yeah. which is asinine to me. But So asinine. You can't, it's, the, it's the freedom of speech. You're entitled to your own opinion. You're entitled to, if you want to support... Anyone, you know, if you're saying Ross Perot should come back and try to be president, like whatever.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky line when you talk about shooting and Second Amendment and then hunting, because it's written, written in the Declaration of Independence and the Second Amendment that we have the right to bear arms. Hunting is not written in there. Yeah. Right. So that's a privilege. And that's I've talked with so many people, including like Remy Warren, and he has an unbelievable stance and outlook on it that with hunting and with guns and shooting and gun safety and ethics and the responsibility that comes with being a gun owner is something that you can't take lightly and is a is a mature, like what you're saying somebody that is ingrained in it and lives the life we are all about the education process so i can educate our kids our nephews i could talk with your kids you could talk with mine about the gun safety about what to do what not to do how to handle a gun how to treat somebody with a gun how to respect that gun how not to be afraid of that gun but to respect it and you know and not fear it but know that it can cause damage if it's handled wrong Absolutely. And, it, and if you do it in an education process and not some You guys are idiots because you don't hunt. You guys are lame because you don't shoot. And we really just stay calm. And we don't do anything like disrespect the animals. I've I've had talks about how people throw dead animals around when they've already went through hell dying. It's not not good to disrespect that animal Mm -hmm. ever. You shoot him up as, as best as you can and harvest him ethically and cleanly with no cripples, no suffering. And then you process him, butcher him, and eat him. And if we educate people about that lifestyle... It would be cool to see somebody in your place or Dave or Scotty be able to come out and and be all about it and say, look, man, my partners all support me. They support my lifestyle. I'm a good person. I was brought up the right way. And, and it's hard to do it because you got to tiptoe around it because there's money involved. There's, there's also, so much money there's involved. a lot of money involved and you can't just be like, I'm not going to take you. Some people some people can afford to get, you know, let some go. There's other instances where you're like, well, man, I'm probably just going to have to stay quiet in this instance because this is my livelihood. This is how I raise my family. So it gets touchy, man, because you, you, you have the right to bear arms. But I also think that it's not to be taken for granted and you have to have that stand of look i'm gonna i'm gonna educate people i want to have a good conversation about this and really talk about what's going on with guns and who has the guns that are, are doing bad things with them and if you do create this no gun policy or this strict gun ban do you think those criminals aren't going to get guns it's, it's all it's 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 asinine to me to think that people would actually think criminals will not find a way to get them
1: that makes my head spin because you think about the areas of the country where they don't allow guns is the, is is that it couldn't be a better example of what not to do i mean chicago you 're not allowed to have handguns known as and then the highest murder rate in the country i mean that's that's the kind of stuff that's just like this is already here it's not it's not like we're going to have this experiment and test this out that's that's happened that's that's a reality and I mean the the ignorant people say that the Declaration of Independence and well, this is is so it's a couple hundred years old and it's and it's outdated and it's and it's like no that was the written to keep our core values and keep our core identity and not veer off subject and veer veer off track of what this country was founded on you can't you can't negate it and you and, you, and we're not going to amend the second amendment
0: yeah and i and 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 to think that somebody would would pick that one of the the protection the right to protect yourself the right to defend yourself why are they trying to come after somebody that well they think
1: that it's the easy the easy way out they think that it's it's a clear-cut answer to get rid of of all these murders and all these all these gun violence it's it's not though i mean there's there's just bad people out there and they're going to use a knife or or a bomb or something else it's it's put your efforts into trying to stabilize mental health and give people help if they're in ish- and having problems, and 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 I mean, devote your dollars and time toward that rather than trying to blame. You know, it's just a scapegoat. The gun, the gun manufacturers and every, are just a complete scapegoat. It's the it's the people that use them that's obviously a lot harder to control and it's a lot harder to mitigate. But the guns are just it's the easy decision. It's the easy way to let's banish this. Let's get rid of this. Um, but I mean, like like you're saying when you're with. Like when you're a kid and, you, and you're going to teach your kids, everyone's going to teach their kids how to, how to handle a gun properly. I mean, knowledge is power. And, and if, you're, if you grow up with it, you have a completely different outlook on guns. I mean, I took hunter safety when I was 12. I think that's the earliest you can take it, right? And, yeah. and it's uh, my brother and I, and we have a completely different outlook on guns than we would have if we didn't, you know? I mean, you're not, you're not scared of them. You respect them. You understand how to use them. You understand the purpose behind them and and they're not to be taken lightly but it's a it's a it's an awesome part of life it's it's our heritage
0: yeah and i think that i think that you're right when you the, the, the word mentorship comes to mind hearing what you're saying about you know you're brought up around it your dad hunted your uncles hunted your family has a heritage of hunting so you were around guns you were around people that knew their way around guns and weren't that person that was ever ever pointed gun at a human being we were taught the exact opposite our whole life and it's the people that we need to worry about the mental health problems and I'm not sitting here saying that I have a PhD and in, in, in being able to talk about everything that goes into somebody's mind that actually will take a gun and go somewhere and actually want to hurt somebody with it. People have bombed the the Boston Marathon bombing. People have ran their truck up onto sidewalks. People have are going to find a way to hurt somebody if that's what their mind is telling them to do, in my opinion. I'm not saying that a gun might not make it easier, but you can't take away the guns from the people that have them and are, are ethically and morally correct with those guns, defending their homes, defending their property, shooting their animals and hunting and providing bounties for their family It's, it's, it's just like, you see these things to where these people are saying gun control, gun control, gun control. And then you look to the left and you look to the right of them and they have armed guards protecting them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, do you understand that you are having this, the safe, safe harem, safe, safe haven to of guns being able to protect you to sit there and say that we shouldn't have the right to have guns to protect our homes. It makes no sense.
1: There's yeah. And, and no, <laughs> the, the powers that be, it's, it's, I mean, everyone looks at Fox news and, and the, the right wing media is, is completely off pace and they're, they're just, out of their minds you know just because they're so far right because everything's so far left but they're really just the only one that's right and there's more moderate than the other ones are moderate you know they're more in the middle than than the majority it's just everyone else is on one side of the spectrum so they just look like they're so far up but they're i mean they're the only ones saying that that out to the masses but uh, but i mean i'm sure you get plenty of email chains and and everything and and i did i even saw the other day that facebook they're trying to I think Vice put out something about Facebook catering toward right wing and how, how the, the right wing articles were getting massive amounts of views and they have less followers than CNN, but then the, the likes were far higher. It's like, that's real people. Those are people that are engaged and want, they want to support they their only forum that they really have. But Facebook just got in trouble for limiting right wing stuff. Like, yeah. How could you possibly put out a news article Saying that that the right wings have an advantage, or there's something weird going on behind the scenes with the algorithms of why the right wings are getting more more likes and engagement. Facebook just had a public service and like a commercial, like one of their first commercials ever, saying sorry for doing that. Yeah, it's I can't even fathom. Like, and and Vice is usually like kind of we're just going to report the news. Obviously, they're a lot more left wing because they just destroy Trump every time they can, but. They're usually more on the lines of like, we're just going to report the news. You make up your decision on your own, you know, but this is, this is ridiculous.
0: (laughs) I don't, I don't know like how much time you could actually spend talking about it because it's like you and I can sit here and talk for five hours about why guns should not be the victim in this. Okay. We're not, and I'm not discounting the people. When I see a mass shooting, when I see things happen, I, I worry about that stuff. We have to be prepared. We have to, we have to, to, to be aware of our surroundings and know what's going on and, and, and try to stop that stuff before it can ever happen. And a lot of it is with parenting, the, the school shootings. I think a lot of it happens, but there are, uh, there's uh, people in the world for years, for centuries, for way more than just decades that have been going out and hurting people. There's there's documented cases mm-hmm. of serial killers and cults and mass killings and genocide and, and and all of the things that have been going on for years. And it's not the gun that's doing it. People have killed people with poison and drinking Kool-Aids and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's just, it's just one of those things to where we have to have a good, solid voice, but sound educated in it and not do things that anybody could ever go. See, told you so. You know there's going to be people that make mistakes but i've seen things just and i and i relate back to the hunting side of things more because hunting can be taken away tomorrow morning and and i've said that on several shows is that look at man it can be gone tomorrow it's not written into any policy that we will have this right forever it's not a right we're not entitled to it so i think like hey let's not give any antis let's not give any lobbying groups anybody any material any evidence that we aren't doing this right and that we don't put the animals first because we do. We have a ton of compassion for the animals we chase and I have a ton of compassion for people that have gone through hell because of crazy people that have gone out and hurt them. It's not right. It's, 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 I think it's part of life though, and that we all could be in that situation. And I think that we all have to be aware of that and, and do what it takes to try to prohibit it.
1: Yeah. I think that you're a good, great ambassador and the more people like you that are out promoting the, hunting and guns and everything in a, in the best light possible. I mean, same thing I do with mountain biking. I try to make mountain biking as cool as it can be, as uncontroversial. I mean, obviously I'm going to speak my mind and, and be candid about whatever it is that I'm thinking, but um, I'm trying to make mountain biking the coolest sport ever and show people how great it can be for you and your kids and getting outdoors and exercising. And uh, the more people like you that are advocates for for hunting and, and shooting than, than the merrier. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it needs. It doesn't need just people saying, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. The, you know, everyone, everyone that's trying to denounce guns and, and bash them, it's it, the, you, you, it, they're just going to fight back. They're just going to push back harder. If you just say, no, you're wrong. You have to just show the positivity and, and show it in, I mean, show it in the best possible light that you can through your TV shows, podcasts, and, and all your channels. So I think you're, you're doing it right. and um, Yeah, it's all you can do. Fight the good fight. And I think that you're onto
0: something there with how many times have I, or, and I don't know about you personally, but every time I've in, introduced somebody new to shooting, I'm not talking hunting at all. And I've done that a lot with new people, but with shooting, they're like, where has this been all my life? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to go shoot again. I'm telling you, it's like 99 to 100%. They're like, I'm scared of that gun. Is it going to kick me? Is it going to burn my hand? Is, do I have to close my eyes? Is it going to kick? You know, and I'm just like, breathe, squeeze. Here's how you do it. And you teach them the right mechanics and the right form. And then the next thing you know, they squeeze that first one off and they hear that can go ting. And they're like, oh my God, reloaded. I can't wait to shoot again. Yeah. And then they're bothered. they're wearing you out to go again. And, it's, yeah. and, I, and I'm telling you, I don't know if you've seen it, but that... I've witnessed that on several accounts that people that don't have any experience with guns fall in love with them once they go out and learn their way around them and learn how to respect them and do it and, and see it done right.
1: Yeah. And there's so many different avenues too. I mean, we were talking about BJ Baldwin and he's big into the tactical side of it and just, you know, pulling out a nine and seeing how quick you can, you can hit a target 14 times or whatever. Um, I've, I'm trying to set up a a little bit of a target course at my place out in, out at my acreage and have uh, a couple like like one one to five hundred yard um little sniper course you know like to to shoot across the canyon back and forth and make it kind of like a golf course that stuff is so cool man like it's such a cool way to spend spend a couple hours of your day and with your boys and, and i mean even if even if your girl or your kids want to come too but it's there's just so many different avenues and outlets like skeet shooting and trap shooting and and all these different things that are just fun and awesome and a responsible way to use guns and and get more efficient at it at using them to where uh, I mean if you if you ever needed to use it in self defense you'd be you you wouldn't make a mistake and you would be far more confident and able to eliminate the threat and and I'm I'm all for it
0: and that's the other thing about a gun is that we don't ever want to give the message that. Oh, go buy a gun and you're going to defend yourself because when that goes down, home invasion, dark alley, concealed permit, you know, open carry permit, whatever you do and wherever you're at, whatever's legal, you got to understand that when it's go time, it's not the same as just practicing and you got to prepare yourself for that. You got to have the right mindset and that comes with awareness that comes with watching out because it's not normal anymore. It's not safe everywhere we go. It's not, it never has been. But people come out of a bar at two in the morning and they'll get an Uber. They don't know who the hell that Uber driver is. Mm-hmm. There's people that get in cars and they never see them again. Mm-hmm. And there's people that will come up with a knife. And, and there's w- different ways to defend yourself with self-defense techniques or having a, a weapon. To, but you got to make sure that when it goes down, you understand that it's not like, well, I'm going to cock it and I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to mm-hmm. close an eye and I'm going to find my sight. It's go time. And you have to become proficient with it. So it's not something that you can just go put up in the safe and say, oh, I have a gun. It's like you have to practice in the right environment. You have to find the right instructors, the right classes. You have to find people that know what they're doing and they can teach you. And it's not to be taken for granted. Self-defense and gun and gun safety and all of that goes hand in hand. And it all has to become or it has to become proficient through an educative process. And there's people out there that are awesome at it. I'm learning different self-defense techniques right now, and I've taken self-defense with guns and and different weapons, but I still often think, what if? What if I'm in that wrong place at the wrong time?
1: You can't replicate it either. You can't replicate it. There's no way. You just can't do it. I mean, it's it's not... I don't even know if you
0: could replicate a mountain bike race without being in the real thing. Well, you
1: can't. That's why there's good racers and there's good riders. You know, there's people that crack under the pressure and there's people, I mean... I've cracked under the pressure. I mean, I, and I've been doing it my whole life. There's, it there's, I'd say that it could be both. You know, you, you someone came in right now today, you maybe you maybe you hit them right between the eyes. The next day, you might freak out depending on what mood you're in. But all you can do is put yourself in the best position possible and be as trained and 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 keen on on shooting a gun and to where you're not the gun doesn't make you nervous at all. Like the the intruder or whatever it might be would make you nervous, and it's just all you can do is just is just try to be as good as you can i mean I don't, i'm sure my dad probably wouldn 't like it, but he's had a he's carried a gun on him his whole his whole life like and and it, obviously you keep one in the chamber and um, never had to use it his whole his whole entire life I mean most police officers haven't had to pull their gun their entire life, but people would always make fun of my dad's fanny pack um, when we were growing up It's like your dad why does he have a fanny pack and this way before they're now that they're cool again i wear them with the hipsters and uh and i'm like yeah he's got a 45 in that fanny pack (laughs) It's, (laughs) it's one of the ones you can rip open and like um but it's yeah i mean it's 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 there if you need it it's like an insurance policy but he's not my dad's not gonna kill anyone unless someone tried to kill him you know exactly and he's been carrying it for 20 years 30 30 years
0: 30 years and he's never pulled it out and he's
1: never used it on probably, somebody probably even longer than 30 years i'm sure it was at least since i was born and it's um
0: so let's take that away from him and make it his, put his vulnerability level at 100 yeah. percent if he does get attacked
1: yeah and he's a little paranoid but at the same time it's his right it's he's 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 arthritic and he can't run he can't really because fu- he's got really bad hips and shoulders and stuff and he's a God, it makes me think about where I'm going to be because he didn't even ride mountain bikes or anything. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, he's just, I'm sure he's a little paranoid, but that's his right. He, he, he can, it makes him feel better and safer going around and he's not nervous about going into a, a certain neighborhood or you know some sketchy guy pulling up next to him because he knows that if need be, he's protected and he'll be, he'll be all right. But I can almost guarantee in the next 20 years or however long he'll make it, He's he's not gonna pull it, you
0: know? No. Unless needed. Yeah. But it, but one thing's for sure is that he wouldn't be able to if he's not allowed to have it. Exactly. And a and a gun law a law abiding citizen should be able to have a gun. Have you ever seen that movie Law Abiding Citizen? No. You haven't? Uh uh-uh. uh. I can't remember the actor's name. He's European, but uh the gist of the movie is...
1: Newer movie or older? No,
0: uh, it's probably six, seven, eight years, but you have to see it's Jamie Foxx and this European dude that's been in a ton of movies. Okay. Um, God, what is his name? People are going to think I'm an idiot. I don't know his name. I know most actors, I think. But he goes... he, uh, These cro- crooks break into his house and rape his wife and kill them, his kids and wife, in front of him. And they this guy this guy they go to court and the rest of the movie is this guy defending the people or or going against the people that tried to get that criminal off and, and were successful in many ways right they go to court and he gets off of a lot of the charges and this this guy the whole movie is this guy's positioning on 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 defending his rights and going and and how, what am i trying to say he's gonna go get vengeance for what they did to yeah. his family and he gets put in jail and these people keep dying when he's in jail and they can't figure
1: out what the hell's going on you got to i don't want to give it all away so is Do it you, Ger- i just looked it up gerard butler gerard butler so he, he he's aussie isn't he or is he maybe he's maybe he's english i was oh i don't know I was, is he australian i always thought he's maybe he maybe, might be australian maybe he's from english he's a badass or no athlete. no he's uh he's irish or scottish is, is he scottish Anyways, people are going to think I'm an idiot now, too.
0: <laughs> but I, dude, you got to see that movie,
1: dude. Yeah, absolutely. So is Gerard Butler the killer or Jamie Foxx the killer? No, neither one of them are. Okay. Well,
0: well, they're Well, neither one of them are the criminal. Okay. Jamie Foxx works for the CIA or the FBI. Okay, anyway.
1: and Gerard Butler is the one whose family was killed. Yeah. Okay, dude, it's a killer movie. All right, but you can't. I'm not going to give it away
0: because you'll be like, "What the hell was that all about?" Dude, it's right. got a cool twist to it. Speaking of like celebrities and stuff, and being a, a celebrity in your realm of the of X Games and the Red Bull Rampage and everything, what what do you what what kind of personality do you have when it comes to something like? the paparazzi and TMZ. And do you have interest in any of that shit of knowing what celebrities are doing or that they, that they're going through a hard time in their relationship or what they name their baby? Why is there such a fascination with if Cam Zink wins a race now, all of a sudden people want to know what underwear he's wearing and what his wife does. And is, is it just the American way or or have you ever got caught up in any of that shit?
1: Dude, I think it's more than the, we're, we're, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to sum up because we have the biggest stars in the world from, you know, besides soccer, but sports, pretty much the biggest sports stars in the world, barring soccer, and the biggest musicians and the biggest movie stars. And we have, a, you know, a lot of tabloids, a lot of shows dedicated to it. But the rest of the world is even more into it. It's mental. Like if I go to other countries to a mountain bike event, people are just like far more fanatical. And, uh, I mean, especially, like, in, in Asia and whatnot. But um, South America and Europe, there's, like... Like, Weiss, like, he's massive in Europe. But he's not that well-known here. It's weird. Like, uh, but, it, but in, I guess skiing's bigger there, maybe. I don't know. But skiing's, I, I
0: mean, but skiing's huge in America. Yeah. And, he's a, and he's a gold medalist for the Olympic team. You'd think he'd have stardom two here. Two-time gold Two-time.
1: Dude, it, that is... It's an anomaly. I don't even... I don't even understand it. He has i'm veering off subject but like he has so many x games he has four four x games gold medals i think and a couple silvers and and bronzes and then he has two the only ski pipe champion in the olympics twice and he's relatively like low on low on the followers and and youtube and all that stuff it's it's an anomaly i don't understand it i don't understand why this family man that has a has a awesome life outside of skiing and and he's an elk hunter and he's he's an outdoorsman and he's a he's a well-spoken dude i don't i feel like he should be as big as sean white you know like i don't i don't understand it
0: but, but with that being said, though, how does somebody like Sean White get elevated the way he did? Was it the red hair? Was it the flashiness? Oh man. I was mean,
1: it's, it's like there's like an it's not like a niche, but people need like like it's not like he had like a big tomato, a big tomato nickname or something. It's not like something like that carried him through. It's, it's you can't really replicate. It. But I remember seeing Sean White was the most marketable athlete on the planet besides behind Peyton Manning years ago, like when Peyton Manning was still playing. Like he was more marketable than everyone in all of sports besides Peyton, and it's and it's he was he was an incredible skateboarder. Most people probably didn't even know that he had Olympic me- or he had X Games medals in skateboarding, and it's and he and he and he won the Olympics twice as well. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't I don't understand if people want to latch onto the hero and once people make it to that upper echelon and they um, like make like out into the non endemics. It's just like a landslide. And people people would still think that he's... I mean, he obviously won the last Olympics, but if he retired, which he kind of is now, people would still think that he's the best. And then they'd cast him for some movie cameo. And Pastrana is still the best motocross rider, even though he's just kind of doing it for fun now and racing here and there. But he's not competing in freestyle really anymore. It's, it's pretty cool that it'll transcend to the non-endemics, but how to get there, I don't know. I feel like I've done... About as close as you can in mountain biking. I mean, Seminuk, Brandon Seminuk has a has a bigger following than I. And get uh, Fabio Widmer from Germany. And there's a couple guys, but um, Fabio and Danny Maxkill are pretty much all like it's YouTube, like a YouTube phenomenon. But um, I don't know. I guess I guess it's little things. Like I got they put me on Sports Center Top Ten Plays twice. Uh, been in like the the Outside Magazine, Outdoor Magazine, that kind of stuff. But I've noticed that that's kind of separated me a little bit from from the other writers that are equally as good as I, you know, and um, well spoken. You know, there's nothing weird about them. Um, but I think it's just a it. It's kind of it needs to be a landslide. I need to get keep taking advantage. But those the dude like Pastrana and and Sheckler and 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 Sean White and all these dudes. I mean, they definitely have good representation. Like Stephen Astefine represented almost all of them. He's the one that founded the Wasserman Group. Now it's called Team Wass. But you need, uh, you need someone championing you behind the scenes because I never want to do that. I, never, I, I always thought it was super lame to promote yourself, but now as you get older, you realize that you can walk a fine line between promoting yourself because that's your job. You yeah. are supposed to promote yourself. But when you're a kid, I'm like, I'm going to just let my ride and do the talking and I'm just going to sit back and, and I guess try to be cool. I guess, you know, I thought that it was uncool to, to talk about yourself or push or, or even try to like bargain for a lot more money, you know, just try to, I just wanted to focus on riding and maybe, maybe that's, maybe I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't, it didn't have that attitude toward it when I was younger. But, um, I think you have to you have to be authentic first and foremost. The biggest thing is authenticity, and if you're not, then you better have good representation and someone to, someone to promote but do you. But do
0: you think Sean White does what he does in his career with the cameos? The, he had his own gum. He might still have his own gum. He's yeah. got his own snowboard. He's, he's a stud. He was a Red, you know, Red Bull athlete,
1: right? He was. He was one of the first riders, athletes at all, to, to bail on Red Bull. Red Bull, he, they wanted too much of his helmet. And they ran the smallest sticker on his helmet than any athlete. And then he eventually said, peace, um, it's not worth the money because I have the white collection at Target. I have, you know, he's going to get vitamin water or whatever. He's going he's gonna to move on to bigger and better things. But he's one of the few riders or athletes, period, to to bail on Red Bull. And Pastrana kind of did it too so he could run the Nitro Circus helmet. But now he's back on back on Red Bull. But it's... It's a whole nother level at that point. At that point, you're you're you have succeeded everyone else, and and you are now a phenomenon in, in sports. Period. You know, your household name, you're no longer a mountain biker that, you know, is that we're going to put our logos on in the, within the mountain bike community. It's like local advertising versus global kind of, even though, but you,
0: you say that like a guy like Sean White had good representation, meaning that he had a good agent yeah. that understands the game. yeah. Was he a good representation of the sport attitude wise, speaking wise,
1: the way that somebody should carry themselves? I don't know. I'm asking. You know? I, th- I think that he was personally. I think that he was right. I just know that when, 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 and, and I, and I can, I got to remain neutral on this. Cause I don't, I can only speak for what I know of, of him and what I've seen. But behind the scenes, I just hear everyone say that he was a dick. Like, like, especially when he was younger. Uh, one of my friends used to be a pro snowboarder was, uh, it's like, I hate him and his whole family. And I'm like, that's pretty gnarly. He must have done something, uh, a little bit out there, but People grow up. People get better. And you know, fame for him that came on real quick and at a really young age. So it's hard to remain a nice guy and 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 not you know a little bit cocky and arrogant. But uh, I I feel like people grow up and they learn that you don't. That's not going to gain you anything. I think
0: I, I believe it's a process too.
1: Yeah, I think that you get you it's checks and balances and you might, someone might just take one person saying, dude, you're a dick. Like you're, you're arrogant. And then, and then you have to reevaluate it. And then it might be all it takes to, for you to be a nicer person. But I truly think that even if you'd never go through that struggle and that kind of transformation, you don't need to be arrogant. It will help you. It won't help you whatsoever, ever. Like absolutely. You will gain nothing from being arrogant or cocky. Um, and I just—it's refreshing to hear some of the best actors and actresses, the ones that are the most on point, and the ones that stand the test of time, are the ones that show up on time, are respectful. They respect everyone else, you know. And and uh, that's just—that's what I've always strived for. And then and that's authenticity as well. You're not trying to fake it and try to be someone leveled up from your current self. Like you're trying to—I'm already at the next stage. So these people don't matter, you know. Just enjoy it and uh, and be authentic.
0: When, when you're in that position where you're at these races or these competitions, was there envy? do you think like from the other borders that were out there that came up with the the seans and you know there's there's people that were that that beat him sometimes there's guys that had a, a lot of accreditation and 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 did well in competitions. Then one guy gets separated and he becomes the face of extreme sports. You know, Pastrana did it. You could say he did it probably. You could say that Tony Hawk did it. Tony Hawk was probably the first extreme sport guy that was became like a phenomenon, right? His own video game and his and Palin Peralta was making Hawk boards when he was probably eighteen years old. I mean
1: I bet before then and I I I bet, like 15, or
0: fifteen or something. And I don't think I've ever heard that guy say something that wasn't humble. So yeah. I'm just wondering like when you're at those events and you start to see when Caballero and those guys and Pal Peralta are the guys that came up with White, is there envy that starts to that, that becomes Absolutely. in the competitor? Do you think that, that, that that's why some guys would say he's a dick because they weren't where he was
1: at? I think that that would propel the process, you know? It would, it, it, it's, I mean, if someone says something bad about someone it's going to just keep perpetuating if other people's aren't, if other people aren't fans of them or they're extremely jealous of them, you know, but it's kind of weird nowadays with this, with the me first, you know, Instagram, everyone filming themselves and everyone wanting to be famous. And it's almost weird that that's brought on less, less critiquing of, of people just being successful. Like, I think that nowadays it's, it, dude, it, like When I was younger, it's like punk rock and skateboarding and every, the whole mentality was don't sell out. Don't, you know, you, you stick to you screw, the, screw the big money, screw the sponsors. And I don't know. I feel like nowadays it's more welcome because you're why wouldn't you want to be successful? You know, and why would you why would you denounce someone for being successful? And it, you don't need to. You don't need to knock them down a peg or two. It's not going to elevate you at all. It only makes you look like a dick.
0: So, well, even even a guy like Sean White, as young as he is, came up and as young as you are, um, you might you're you're younger than Sean White, right? I
1: think we're the same age, actually. Same age. I think, so yeah. y-
0: you. Guys, social media and Instagram wasn't what it is now when you guys were you know, first getting your start and coming up. Oh, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. And, and, and I think now that this Insta-famous or the credibility that people have in social media and becoming celebrities per se in social media, it's almost like um, you have to say this is like, what is red bull looking for now is one of the first questions they're going to ask well what's your following what's your engagement what's your impressions you know how many how how many times are you posting a week and what's your stories like and you're like Man, I've won these championships. I've been on this TV show. I've been featured in this magazine. I've been on Sports Center's Top Ten Plays twice. But now i got to have a couple hundred thousand people follow me on this thing. And i got to be constantly posting videos and updates of what I'm doing. Because if Red Bull or, and I'm not just saying, Red, I don't know what Red Bulls, you know, what they look at as far as their parameters go in sponsoring somebody. But I'm sure that it's a lot like in our industry. And, and the, the, one of the first things they look at is engagement. And can you get our brand out there? Because that's the new way of advertising in America. So now you have all these people that are Insta famous, they call it quote unquote, Insta famous. And it's almost like, do you really have the credibility to be selling us on some of this stuff that you're trying to sell us on just because you have followers? It's, 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 it's a, and I know there's analytics behind it and, and these companies have a way to break it down. And I, and I'm sitting here, you know, I'm playing the devil's advocate right now, but in our business, it's huge. You have to have, you have to have the social media thing going.
1: Yeah. It's a bit ironic, isn't it? That people like you're, the people are famous nowadays for being famous and they're, they have a following. So it makes them credible, but it's, it's, it's kind of irony at its finest. Like what, what is the point? And what's really the value is the value because you follow them and everyone follows them. Or is it, it where's the credibility come from? So that, I don't know. I, it's it's a weird weird time we're living in, and the, with the Kardashians and and everyone, and ninety what this study ninety five percent of kids nowadays say what do you want to do when you grow up they said just want to be famous, something crazy it was like ninety percent I don't know where I just, that's probably just pulling that stat out of nowhere but donut <laughs> don't ruin me for not fact checking that but it's uh it's it's crazy I don't know, I don't understand it we did we grew up at a different time but. I do know that it is our biggest asset. And the cool thing about it is now that you can act, like you can actually quantify your following e- very easily. You know, I have, I have one of the biggest followings in mountain biking and it's very easy to convey to sponsors. I have X amount of followers. I have X amount of, of subscribers on YouTube and I have, I have this much engagement, you know, and, and then you can slap a dollar amount on it far easier. So there's little bit of job security in it and if you and it can kind of hedge your bets as far as if you don't do well in contests then you can kind of make up for it in social media because that is the biggest asset as an athlete in 2019 and for however many more years to a company but if you are killing it in contests if you are like Nyjah or someone then you're gonna you can you don't even need to you can almost just not even think about social media because you're doing so well and you're so big and above it that you're going to be all the other publications are going to come out just like how it used to be like we didn't put out our own content a movie would put us in it and then they would do all the work you know so it's you can that's what that's what's been weird just for me is like creating my own content especially with a youtube channel it's a it's it's tough and it's definitely tough trying to film yourself and try to try to put your own edit your own stuff and put it out there but I like it and I like the opportunity that if I do get a decent YouTube subscriber base then I can not even be dependent on any sponsor or any other production company for filming a project that I want to do I don't need to get it funded I don't need to put together a deck and a proposal and and put it all in in front of the powers that be and then wait and then try to get funding I can just do it on my own. I can just make my own content, hire my own filmers and just run it like a normal business because it is a business, you know, and, and I, I have good friends that are filmers that would give me a better day rate and, and editors. And I can even, I even like editing it myself and it's, it's just kind of grown to like the power is now in the hands of the athletes on the other side of it. So it's weird, but at the same time you can make it what you want and, and it's, and it's liberating to be able to do it on your own.
0: So you, you want to tell me right now that you're going to go and train the way you train and take the chances that you take going on these downhill Red Bull Rampage style races, the jumps that you're willing to take to get the attention of people that bring attention to you, that get the sponsors to pay you, that get you the money from winning contests. And now you're telling me that you want to have another job on top of the stresses that come with that to where you're like, oh my God, I got to get you. I'm looking at your Instagram right now at Cam Two hundred and ninety three thousand followers and you're only following five hundred and twenty eight. That seems like a lot to me <laughs> <laughs> What that you're following or that Follow, you have. following five hundred people. <laughs> I know that's how I am. I, I, I just I uh, I almost into to the point to where we do it and I get it. Yeah. I'm not going to be ignorant. Evolving is is key. But man, it's so tedious and it's yeah. so like, do you guys really want to see what we're cooking on this Traeger grill again? Man. And it's like they do. They want to see it it's like there's that's why i started this question or this con this part of this conversation with tmz literally stands there and has people filming people in their everyday life like and hiding from them and it. they go nuts for it. and i'm like i don't give a shit.com is what that show should be called but people are so like i can't wait to get this i got i got to find out what she's doing right now i just got to find out and it's like why? Yeah, I mean, Why not concentrate on ourselves again? And that's a big part of social media cam. And, and where we are talking about with the Sean whites and, 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 and the reputation that people get as being, you know, cocky or arrogant or what you say dicks. And I'm not saying that you said he was, that's what you've heard, <laughs> but you're damned if you do. And you're damned if you don't. So if you watch social media every day, And you see somebody that's just striving and they're getting blown up and, oh, hey, by the way, I launched my new gum yesterday at Target and here's my new clothing line at Target and here is my new snowboard line and trans, whatever it is, you're sitting there going, man, dude, I'm a badass athlete, I'm winning. I'm getting all this. I, I, I mean, I'm 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 one of the best writers out there, and I'm not getting the, the 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 notoriety. I'm not getting the paychecks. I'm not getting the sponsorship deals and the endorsement deals. And it's almost like you watch social media, and you're like, man, this son of a bitch never has a bad day in his life. It's oh, happy. Yeah. It's happy all the time. That- so what is the use in watching social media if if you're only going to get disrupted about it and create more hate out there? Because I've talked to my, you know, Joey Gilbert in town. I've talked to him about the depression and the, and the kids that are, you know, becoming depressed because they don't have the followers that their friends might have.
1: I think that's the plague of, of social media for sure. But God, it just, I think it exposes your inner person, you know? I mean, everyone's, everyone, everyone I'm sure is guilty of it at some point, you know, of, of man, I'm jealous of that And, and jealousy and envy will kill you. But I really don't feel like that when I'm scrolling through social media. I mean, I I find myself being slightly addicted to it at times, and then I even put it not on my normal home screen so that I don't am just magnetically attracted to it and just automatically click on it when you go to look up someone's number or something, and then all of a sudden you're like, why am I on Instagram right now? It's like a... It's a uh, a disease. That I hate. I absolutely hate that. So I'm super guilty of that, but I'm not guilty of, of hating and, and trolling and, and being jealous or envious of other people. I mean, I look at other things and it makes, gets me motivated. It gets me stoked to see other riders doing certain things or getting certain sponsors or, or winning and and landing a new trick. And, and I, man, I, I think it's truly a different type of person that can sit there and just type hate and like, I'll, I'll block people. Like, I saw that from BJ Baldwin as well. Like, like if someone puts a rude comment, you just blocks them. Yeah, like, go on. I'm like, all right, someone said something stupid about like, uh, my first moto ride at a track back, uh, right at Hangtown. And I'm like, oh, I'll just put up a little POV show you know, track's good today. And I'm, I'm not claiming to be a professional motocross rider, but you know, I did a lap and, and it was, it was decent speed for me, not super fast. And someone wrote like super slow or, or crazy. And I was like, all right, you're blocked. Like, see you. Like, I don't need that. Like, why would you ever, I would never go onto someone's page and say, you look like shit, you know, like you, you, you look, you're slow and it's a, it's kind of a different person, man. I mean, it's there for, why would that person say that to my face? Okay. Well, take, take, take take
0: hate out of it. Take the haters out of it. Yeah. What about people that would go on there though? And like become mental over it. They they might never type anything in the comment or a hate comment at all, but they're just, it ruins their life to know Mm -hmm. that, uh, Joey was saying that you know these pharmaceutical companies. There's new meds being developed for younger younger kids because they have to deal with the pressure of social media. And it sounds so tacky. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that problem. We went to school and we freaking did. We made the basketball team and we tried our best and we got our asses kicked or we or we achieved something and we didn't announce it to the world. We didn't know what everybody was doing at any given time. And and I don't understand why people are so engulfed in what other people are doing i just think that but on the other token on the other side of the coin is we have to keep the content coming or we're not going to get these companies attention
1: yeah and and there's definitely a fine line between it i think so i brought up brandon seminock earlier he's 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 doing it right so he's also creating his own content but when it comes to social media he has a bigger following than i do by quite a bit and um and and he doesn't really post things that often. He'll only post quality content and, and gets an insane amount of likes. So his, he might not be up on these polls or these stat websites as far as engagement and stuff, because he's not posting all the time. But when he does, it's guaranteed to get 30,000 likes or something, you know, like something, something massive. And it's, and that says a lot more about yourself than like, oh, I, I posted thirty things that got a thousand likes, or you post one that got thirty thousand. Like, that's far more impactful. And it's when you're following five hundred people, you kind of lose track of it. You don't you don't spend as much time on the stuff that's important. So, I'm kind of trying to to alleviate some of those that I follow, and, and I almost want to start from scratch because all these friends that move away, that are having kids and don't want to keep up on them, keep up with what my real friends are doing, you know, they don't get to talk to every day. I think that's the best thing that social media is good for is just staying in contact with people. And, and even if you're not talking to them, they see what's going on in your life. You see what's going on in their life. And at least you can understand, oh, they had another baby. And then and you can write them congrats or, you know, so-and-so moved to Denver because a new job. And that's the stuff that's far more appealing to me nowadays. And I think that It's it's whatever you make it, but we all get funneled into the same crap. You know, we get funneled into to following too many people and then just staring at staring at nonsense and uh, and being envious of it. So it's it's definitely what you make it, though. I'm sure there's going to be some checks and balances, and I think it's going to plateau at some point. There's going to be a new platform, and there's going to be. On and then you don't, don't think
0: it'll ever go away and go back to just watching Cheers on Thursday night?
1: I hope so. <laughs> would be dude, awesome? I, that's what, I mean, if the hipsters do anything, I feel like that would be something they do. Like, we're just going to watch normal TV nowadays.
0: <laughs> just watch Alf? Yeah. <laughs> what about... DJ and the Bear? What was I going to say just now on the on this? Oh, okay. So let me get your opinion on like somebody like The Rock. Ultra successful. Works his ass off. We all know they call him the hardest worker in the room. Do you give a shit that he, that he can afford a jet and that he flies privately? Is that something no, that somebody in that... Shouldn't. And look at, I'm not going to look at it and go, dude, what an asshole, man. I'm so jealous that, the, of course, The Rock flies privately. He can't walk through an airport. But why, and I'm talking several times a month, do you want to show a picture of your buff ass? And I like The Rock. I respect him. I'm motivated by him. I'm playing the devil's advocate. Why do you want to show your big buff ass in front of a private jet all the time like rah rah look at me i'm flying private now is that motivating to somebody that's living in samoa that follows you where you were born i think it was tongan or samoa or hawaiian but is that going to motivate somebody to go work harder or is it going to be like
1: i it, think it does man because people like people want to be famous like people want they don't want to do something in particular and try to make make the maximize the monetary conversation for whatever it is they want to do they just want to be famous period did you do it I saw this thing the other day this uh I think it's in Russia and you can you can rent a private jet and you can have a photo shoot on a private jet for a couple thousand bucks so you can you can sit in a private jet and have a photographer take photos of you on the tarmac as if you're flying private and people are paying a couple grand for it and I'm thinking I've never flown flown private but I think that you could get a flight for you and four friends for like 10 grand. So why don't the four of you pull together your 2,500 bucks and go actually fly private if it's that important to you? And then you take, you can take your own pictures. I mean, that's, that's as ridiculous as it gets as well, but not as ridiculous as sitting on the tarmac and paying a photographer a couple grand for some photos so that everyone thinks that you fly private. But again, it's it's like what you make it and I was looking at this David Goggins book on your on your desk and it's that's just awesome. Like at first when I started following him on like, like Joe Rogan always used to repost him, and I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's a little too much. But then I start listening, I'm like, no, this guy is authentic as it gets. And he's motivating, and it's not me, but I can still I can still enjoy watching it and hearing him with his conviction and how And how well-spoken he is in the middle of a run and how motivating he is like, this is awesome. Like, so it's just whatever you make it. You could, you could, the, the biggest thing that, that drives me nuts is the, the, the people that repost the stuff that I do. Like these are just like, there's so many different mountain bike websites and or mountain bike Instagrams. It's like, it's like an old website, you know, where people are just drawing traffic just so that they can get the clicks, And then if they get the clicks, then they get the ad dollars, even though it doesn't mean anything, it's meaningless. Like there's, there's no impact from it. And people might've, have, might've have seen it, but it's just a, it's a snatch and bait for, for you, you get the clicks and then you get the money and then you get the ad revenue and then you get more people. To, but people are doing on Instagram now. People are just reposting everything else and getting a huge follower base of like some dumb downhill generic name, downhill mountain biking, two wheels, life you know all this stuff and they just keep repost stuff they're not doing anything and it's just it's it's that's the mess like that's the it's just a it's just a giant mess of fake accounts and accounts that are there just for clickbait it's evolved from being just on websites but now it's in social media it sucks so if somebody came to you and said
0: cam you're a good looking dude i know you're a badass motocross rider we would like you to take this product here it's a It's a new iced tea maker and um, we want you to put it on your social media and we're going to pay you because you got this many followings and we think we're going to get this many clicks and we want the the awareness in your community that iced tea is what needs to be drank and this is the best way to make iced tea. Are you going to sit down and take that serious and say, all right, well, look, I've built a platform that is strong enough to somebody to come to me and want to pay me good money even though I'm gonna look like an idiot going from, hey, I'm the best mountain biker in the world, to hey, don't forget to make your iced tea with Joe Bob's box yeah. here. It's it's that's what's going on in the world. Is that there, I'm not saying that celebrity endorsement doesn't mean something because you got Shaq who can slam dunk, but now he's selling insurance. Well, the community knows Shaq. He's probably the most recognizable endorser right now. I think he just took over Papa Murphy's. He's getting ready to come out with a bunch of stuff on that. Yeah. He does Ben Gay, he does the general, he does that ring, that ring doorbell system alarms company. He, he does more than that. He's everywhere. To, but
1: to anyone, anyone out there is listening and want to know about Shaq, I heard his stats the other day of what he owns. Hundreds of businesses literally hundreds, like he owns 30 subways and stuff. And he owns a, like, a bunch of Papa Murphy's and it's incredible how much that dude owns. He must have like 10 business managers or more and just a whole giant firm for just his ad revenue and for his, for his appearances and licensing deals. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. But do you buy insurance because Shaq says the general's the way to go. Isn't it unreal how endorsement works? Somebody would come to you because you can backflip on a mountain bike and say, we need you to sell this this energy drink or this. It's just the endorsement is amazing and it works. It does. But yeah. but in social media, you have people that have no credibility in that area. And it's a it's a two-way street because you sit there and you look at it like, are you credible to sell me this
1: it doesn't matter. This it's, guy, a, it's irrelevant at that point. People because, are already engaged, and they already and that's exactly the answer
0: that you say with Shaq. Huh? He's not credible to sell me insurance. He don't know his rat's ass about. Insurance. Shaq could buy every insurance company in the world. Probably he probably owns his own insurance company. He probably owns the general whatever. But the problem is, or the point is, is that endorsement works.
1: Yeah, and 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 we and yeah, you have to just accept it, but just be wise. And I remember taking media when I was in high school and that was, it was only a half semester or I think it was, or just one semester. And it was one of the best classes i ever taken. Learn more about that than in, in just one semester that I did in pretty much every other subject. But as long as you realize what they're doing and the creativity and the wording and, and the style of advertising, then you have a, you can make a better decision on your, on your, on your purchase and what you're, what you're going to be as a consumer and what you're bringing to the table. But it's, it's, I, I am, I'm fortunate to represent brands that I actually support every bike sponsor that I have and every spot, like monster, that's the company that I, Monster is the energy drink I identify with the most. And I drink monster. I love drinking monster before I ride. I don't drink them all the time or, you know, nearly like every day, but when I drink it before I ride, I feel awesome. I love it. And it's, and that's like my brand, you know? And then every like Michelin tires, the best tires, Onyx hubs, the best hub. Easy on that tire comment. dude. (laughs) 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 So, uh, for, for mountain biking, then they own, they own BFG. I have BFGs on my truck. They, uh, but every sponsor that I have, I authentically and 100% support and I would buy them if not like Troy Lee designs is always been the helmets and clothing that I wanted to wear before I was sponsored. That was the, that was what I strive for in Oakley goggles. And so it, it's, you just have to be weary of, of when people are, you know, full on shamelessly promoting something that they don't believe in just for money. I, I am fortunate to be in a position where I've gotten to pick and choose and weeded through a lot of lost contracts and then you know suffering through some, some lower times. But I am 100% with every company that I ride, I would buy if I didn't get paid by them to support them. And that makes it a hell of a lot easier. So, um, I mean... So would you,
0: if you make it big enough by supporting these brands that you truly believe in, and all of a sudden Cam Zinc has a G4... You, you, you can afford your own jet are you going to post videos of you getting on your hell jet? No. why because is it going to make you look uh, unauthentic is it going to make you look like you you've you've exceeded all of your friends in the mountain biking world if so is it okay for the rock to do it just because he's an actor i or, don't know man i just I don't, don't understand the mentality by why some things are okay to show like i asked joey gilbert this he's like it's fine to show he's made it well what about when he goes to saint jude's yeah. And he visits the kids yeah. in the camps. Can't that stay private? Or do you have to promote that you're there? Can't anything be authentic and private? Yeah. Or is it good for St. Jude's that the rocks visiting these kids that are going through that? Yeah. It's, and I'm not saying that it's not, I don't know how I would be. I've been to St. Jude's. They don't even let me take pictures in there. The rock gets special permission to do that shit. But why do you have to show everything? Is it going to make your following go up? Is The Rock want to be the biggest social media tyrant in the history of the world?
1: He does. Absolutely he does. I mean, well, he's, he's one true. of them. Yeah. And dude, I don't know, man. I think if if I were to somehow <laughs> be able to afford a G4 one day. It's only 49
0: grand or 49 million, dude.
1: Yeah, dude. I would, I would definitely not be blasting photos saying like, look at me, you know, but.
0: I know a yeah. lot of people that own private jets. Yeah, A lot. And none none of them will ever post that kind of shit.
1: If I was ever in, I would. But like Carrie Hart's married to Pink. She's clearly a giant pop star and has buku money. And he'll be like, you know, having a Budweiser, you know, but not like, look at me, I'm on a private jet. But you can tell that he's on a private. So like, I can kind of understand that kind of stuff to where, you know, you're not going to try to hide that part of your life. But you don't need to shamelessly promote it and make people jealous of of how awesome your jet flying is and that you don't have to sit in a line. I mean, I don't I there there's plenty of people that just that blast whatever car they have. I don't want to put up my Dude, I
0: saw your car in the in the parking lot. What? I don't I don't don't That's really your car?
1: Yeah, I don't want to post about it. I don't I don't wanna post like I don't I haven't put out people like, what do you put on social media? I'm like, dude, I don't want anyone knowing that I have that car. I don't want to boast and brag about about this is this why is, do you have it because it, it's part of you and you like it because i love it man i you've earned it exactly but, and i've but, don't, that, you, I've but don't, you want, don't you want my don't you want the
0: whole world to know that you've earned it
1: no i want i want to take that car to the track i want to enjoy driving it i enjoy looking at it in my in my garage i yeah i've wanted it since i was a little kid um, I've fought with my wife over it because she thought it was way too much money to spend on a car, but I love it. It was guy. way too much money to spend on the car? Yeah. So
0: what if that car company, let's not say who it is, let's just say that it's, let's just say that it's a Chevy Malibu. Okay. Because that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> what if they came to Cam's tomorrow and were like, dude, you're killing it. Your engagement's through the roof. We're going to give you this new Malibu and it's the best car in America, but we need you to walk around it and show off the bumpers. This is what I just did, bumpers and the lights. And we need you to show off the steering wheel and we need you to talk about the the all wheel drive in this this Malibu. We need you to show the new logo, the interior. Uh, We need you to do six posts a week and you're gonna get two Malibus a year for the next 10 years for your family. And it's the best car in the world. You dive in even though that this car that you have right now is the one that you've always wanted. If somebody comes and says, I'm giving you these cars free because your engagement's through the roof and we think you can sell more of them for us, do you take the free cars?
1: I think that there is a chance that it wouldn't. Chance that I wouldn't because if we say six a week, it's too much. Like that's <laughs> ridiculous. If it was like a couple of or two, a couple. You said six a week. Like if it was a couple a month, maybe. I got friends that got uh, like one of my friends, Martin Soderstrom, and uh, he's he's Swedish and he got a BMW deal. But I think he only just got a lease. Like he got a he got a loaner car for the year. And he had to do has to blast out a couple a month and and that's kind of cool. That's kind of worth it. And it's a credible company and and it's it's authentic because you you're utilizing an SUV to go into the mountains and and go mountain biking. But a sports car isn't really relevant to mountain biking so much. And it's not really it's not really that authentic. But if they I mean what do you mean? That's
0: what endorsement's all about. Shaq can sell pizza? Because he's big, he's not fat, he's just a giant, he's a giant man. He can sell insurance, he can sell an alarm system, he understands home security. So so somebody's going to go out and buy this because this dude can never, he never made a free throw in his entire NBA career. (laughs) I'm not talking shit. I love the dude. I love watch. If I don't watch NBA, but I will watch Shaq. When there was a video the other day, He's I think hilarious. posted by the UFC or something. Did you see that video the no. UFC posted? He's doing leg kicks in the NBA studio, uh-huh. and he kicks this dude and I almost knocks him over. He's powerful. I think the dude's like a black belt, maybe, or no, maybe I just saw him wear a a, a, a gi in the freaking uh, general commercial.
1: He's got his mass. He got. He went back to school and got his doctorate. And he he, the, oh, dude, he he's the, awesome. He was the sheriff of his. He's county. awesome.
0: I love him. I love the rock. Yeah. But are you going to buy Papa Murphy's over round table? Because Shaq says to do so. Why yeah. does celebrity endorsement work?
1: But there's some people that identify like there are there are certain people that if, if they supported Roundtable or Papa Murphy's or whatever, that I would probably look twice at. i be like, God, dude, he's into it. That's awesome. Like who? I don't know. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there's certain stuff. There's certain anomalies to where like George Brett or something. Like if George Brett is promoted, Papa Murphy's up, old well, dude, I'm buying it. Hats <laughs> off to Papa Murphy. Forgetting him. to forgetting, even forgetting, listen to you. Forgetting George Brett to promote it like that. <laughs>
0: to even get him to listen to what you had to say. So
1: on one side of it, you have the person who's, who's whatever disregard their credibility You have the company and the marketing department that actually strive for that and wanted and and put their money into promoting and supporting whatever athlete, whatever celebrity. And that says a lot, too. Like, I identify with this company now because they support George Brett. You know, like, I think that that company is cool because they support that. Well,
0: that's a good way of looking at it. So you're saying that Papa Murphy supports Shaq?
1: So, yeah, so, but, but Shaq, I think Shaq's hilarious, but I'm not gonna, he's not a person that I'm really gonna buy something because if Shaq, maybe if he, if he got <laughs> onto a motorcycle or something, actually, no, never mind. That, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> Moped. <laughs> but uh, there there's certain, there's certain athletes, certain celebrities, actors, actresses that, that if a company actually took the time and money to go after them and get them to support their product, yes, I would be more enticed by it because they're, because I support that athlete as well, you know? Um, so I think it says more about the company having the same ideals as you, even though it's all marketing, you know, but at the same time, it's ran by people, it's promoted by people. And, and there's, there's real humans that make decisions and make that call and interact with the athlete. And he has a manager and he has, and he he dealt with the production company, and all these people are involved in it. And they're like, I support that company's ethos because they're they they have same ideals as I do, or same likes, or or you know they appreciate the same things. So it's a it's pretty dynamic, I guess.
0: It is dynamic. It's a good way to look at it. It's yeah. another side of the whole argument of celebrity endorsement and why it's so powerful. Like I would I would venture to say that the most powerful celebrity endorsement of all time it might be Michael Jordan and Nike with what he did. Maybe it's tiger woods and what he did with, with some, but I don't even know what, with what he did with Gatorade back in the old days before the shit went down. I don't know if anybody was more powerful than Michael Jordan and no. and Jumpman jump man, jump in the shoes and the dunks and the tongue out and the Haynes commercials and the Gatorades. I don't, is there anybody more powerful in the history of American celebrity endorsement than Michael Jordan?
1: I don't, but relevant to, or pertinent to one company I think Bo Jackson was. I remember, he, that's that's one of the coolest ad campaigns of all time. Bo you know, knows Bo the knows. Nike one. I heard. Did you just see him on my wall and come up with that? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I, I didn't even know he had him. Oh, right there. He's <laughs> right, right, two, there. two <laughs> autographed <laughs> pictures, dude. He uh, he's the legend, man. but he's that, my hero. But that that ad campaign and him behind it was what single handedly brought Nike above Reebok. I mean, that's that's. So powerful. Because that would have they,
0: been in the early 90s they, when that happened. You
1: never look back. There are, there are leaps and bounds and multiples uh, ahead of, of of Reebok or really any other shoe company. But the, that wouldn't... Apparently, that was the number one sole reason why they that that single ad campaign single-handedly elevated them above Reebok. It's awesome. That's marketing at its finest. I mean, you have the best athlete in the world and a good product and a good image and then a cool ad campaign and that's then that's the end of it and i remember i i ride for adidas um they just bought 510 so uh 510 makes the best climbing and mountain bike shoes in the world and they have a, the this stealth rubber that's probably the biggest reason why adidas acquired them but so now i'm essentially riding for adidas and i remember hearing their CEO saying. It's simple. You just put the best product in the best athletes' hands, and everything else just unfolds. And I mean, that's 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 as th- authentic as it gets too. Because you're, you're, your 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 R and D department is the best athletes in the world, and your marketing department, the people that are the face of it, are the best, the best athletes. athletes. The and you're you have the people behind the scenes making the best product. I mean, why wouldn't you buy that? And that's that's marketing, but at the same time, that's as authentic as it gets. It's it's another good way to look at it.
0: And you think about what Bo was doing in sports at the time in real life. He was drafted into the major leagues after he was you know he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers told him no then he goes into the draft and drafted in the major leagues and then goes and enters the NFL draft again and gets drafted by the Raiders he's won the slam dunk the footlocker slam dunk contest he was held the 50-yard dash record I believe in the NCAAs for many years he ran track at Auburn he played football at Auburn he played baseball at Auburn he won the Heisman Trophy at Auburn he and then all of a sudden he's in this ad campaign where he's a jockey he's a race car driver he's a tennis player he's Mountain a maker. golfer he's a mountain biker (laughs) holding his bike with the tights on and was it a mountain bike or a 10 speed it might have might have been a road bike it might have been a road bike but it was so genius and i mean bo knows yeah bo knows so everything that nike makes bo knows that it's the best because he was developing that credibility along the way
1: yeah i even made shirts a couple years back for so my grip company census we're starting to do other things like tailgate pads which we should get into a minute because they get sick for hunting but the But I made sure to say bow nose and then instead of the Nike logo, I had a census logo and said bow nose census and then put like chicken scratch is the shit. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but did you get sued for using, they didn't know which bow you were talking about? We've done so many things that i am just waiting for a cease and assist. Like one of our grip packagings was like, it looked, is the same light logo, but then census looks like Miller. So it's like the, it's spelled L-I-T-E. So the grip's called the light, not L-I-G-H-T. Yeah, but it looks the box looks like a Miller Lite packaging, and I'm just waiting for a cease and assist for it. You know? Why would you do that though? Because I think it's awesome. and it, it ruffles some feathers and it gets. But it, it's not original. It, because it was original for a grip company, you know. Yeah, but it, but
0: but it's already. I guess that. I guess. I guess it works, but.
1: I just think it's cool, man. I thought I, I mean the the plant the play on words with light, you know, spelling it differently, and then just having it like and then it was just it was just fun making it you like, got to get bob Euchre to do a grip commercial <laughs> like like two 1.6 ounce grips instead of two you know six pack of 12 ounce bottles or it was just it's super fun like I, I i just think it's it it brings out the creativity of of what you can do and no one's ever done that and then uh one of my um uh, previous sponsors sram then for their next the boxes for their they're too big of a company to do that but for their internal stuff and for their athletes the creative behind the shipping out their breaks was a Coors box like, and they made code breaks look like Coors and it was completely based on what we did. So I think it's uh, I think it's cool. I think it's fun. It's super, super fun to mess around with stuff like that. Obviously the majority of what we do is, is attempting to, be, cause I don't think anyone has a 100% original thought anymore, but Try, attempting to be as uh, yeah, you
0: think about. I wonder if Miller Lite came up with what they were doing, or if yeah. there was somebody before them that they took a little bit off of here and a little bit off of there, and then yeah. came up with taste great, less feeling. And then yeah. the celebrities they had in their commercials back in the days, dude, yeah. they they rocked it.
1: That was the, that was some of the inspiration behind it because it's the the original light grip, like the and they, the, all their old ad campaigns were you know just the original light beer, yeah. you know. But it's that's just that's just fun, and we can afford to do it because we're not a major company to where we're going to get, have to hire a whole legal team in order to to deal with the problems. It's just fun to be in this position and the company's growing a lot, but it is
0: fun to market. And, and when you, when you, 15, 20 minutes ago, when you said that, or when we were talking about guns and hunting and everything, and you look at me and you say, well, you have a good platform for this. You're a good voice in this. You have a good way. You follow what we do and you say, and, and, and I feel you're being authentic. So if you're sitting there telling me that, in one breath saying, Hey, you, you're a good voice for this. You do a good job in promoting the sport and the lifestyle and the heritage of hunting the right way. And then I pick this up and I guess uh, I'm eating this in the duck blind on TV and you're watching one of the episodes one day and I'm not going, Hey, you better chew big red or F you like Ricky Bobby in it. But I'm just sitting there enjoying the hunt. I'm living the lifestyle I'm laughing i'm high five and' I'm, I'm just I'm not disrespecting the animals we're getting them sh- tight and we're getting them close for clean harvestable ethical shots we've we've honed our skills cam we we've become pretty proficient on the calls setting up decoys scouting training our dogs love everything about the hunt and then all of a sudden you see old Jack links come out of Chad's blind bag and he rips it open and he's gnawing on it and he's spitting some of the some of the discarded meat out of his mouth because ducks are coming he's got to get his call up. Does that work that people are like, man, I love this lifestyle. I love what they're doing. They're not sitting there saying we, we're never going to be a good duck hunter if we don't eat Jacklings because everybody knows that's not true. But does that. Does that is that along the same lines on a, on a much smaller level than the shack? I get it. But, I think it is, man. That you you look at that and go, man. I if he's if he's got Jack Linkson, where I'm going with this is that you've got a cool point about celebrity endorsement. I believe in I believe in that athlete's message, the way he was brought up, the way he conducts himself on the field. So I'm going to believe in the brands that, that 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 believe in that athlete or that celebrity.
1: Well, it, co- it coincides with what you're saying about people's opinions wavering based on. Them supporting gun rights and and the NRA and if the NRA is not down with you then it could kill Yeti coolers you know and they're moving on to their to their new market and it's it's it says a lot about Jack Links if they support you you know because then they're like oh I, when I see Jack Links in, in the mini mart next time when I'm out hunt on my way to hunt or to work or wherever you're more likely to buy Jack Links even because that there you might have been completely indifferent to all five jerky brands on the stand. And you're like, Oh, Chad building eats Jack link. That makes an easy decision. You just brand recognition, credibility, um, synonymous with one of your, the people you look up to in hunting and, and shooting. And it's a uh, product placement's huge and on, on its own. And then when paired up with someone else. And I think it's, it's just, it's the, the biggest thing is it's the, it's the final decision maker, I believe, you know, like if you had a if they were both the same price, what are you gonna pick? And you're like, Oh, Chad chooses one, I'm gonna run this, you know?
0: Yeah, because the bottom line is, is that Jack Lynx doesn't need us. They're huge, they're an iconic brand, right? They're the number one jerky in the world. But it makes it all ring true the way you're putting it. Like, if somebody knows that they're supporting that lifestyle and that they're not bashful about it, and they're not backing away, and they're not out there going, kill every duck and and shoot every gun, they're not yeah. saying that. They're just saying, Hey, look, we support the lifestyle we're mm-hmm. a partner with those guys and i think that that's what i think that that's another part of endorsement that you you look at it in a different way of instead of saying like oh chad's just getting paid to eat jack links no it's not the case i eat jack i think it's a quality brand obviously it's a quality brand everybody has this misnomer like oh uh the pace baconey sauce can't be good salsa because it's everywhere. Well, no shit. At one time it was in a little kitchen in, Te- in El Paso, yeah. Texas, probably. Right. Yeah. And then they had this awesome marketing. New plan. York city. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> the marketing behind that salsa was unreal. So all of a sudden every storm, Tony Chassery's seasoning from Louisiana, the red, the, the red, green and white can I use it on everything. Now they got slap Yo mama out here before those brands were just in Louisiana, Cajun stuff, but they got so big and so relevant that now everybody goes, Oh, if it's if it's it's oversold or it's mass produced, it can't be quality. Why Heinz ketchup was little at one time. You can't tell I'm, me you can make a better taste than ketchup than Heinz ketchup. It, it, you're not going to tell me. You're never going to persuade me. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that Jack Links. They're going to stay relevant by their marketing program, but just because they're the biggest and just because they're in every mini mart in the world doesn't mean that Joe Bob's down on 9th Street with his smoker out there can make jerky that tastes better than this. There's a reason why so many people eat Jacqueline's jerky and there's a reason why it's on every shelf because people buy it. So it's got to be good, right? People are going to buy junk. So you can't there, I, I, that, that there's a whole argument behind the authenticity of marketing. And are you just doing it and you're pulling wool over our eyes? No, this people are going to eat this jerky, right? It's everywhere. Obviously, they're eating it. Can we at least agree on that? Absolutely. Not saying they're not eating other brands, but this is everywhere. They're eating it. If it wasn't, if it, they weren't eating it, nobody would buy it to put on their shelves. If people didn't like it, Cam, would you agree that the sales would be going down and less stores would be carrying it? Absolutely. The product is legit. Yeah. So it's that. That's a part of marketing too. Is like this isn't
1: a one-time purchase that you put the curtain over someone's eyes and then get their money and snatch and run. You know, this is that's a that's a consumable like CPGs. Like you have to be continuous and you have to get in the habit of buying it. If everyone bought it once, the company wouldn't be in business and. the whole back end of the companies is what's really intriguing to me because there's so much that goes on, but that's why they're able to pay you and have it actually be sustainable because if someone sees you with it, they need they don't need to go look for it. It's, it has to be in front of them. Same with Monster. Like Monster has logos everywhere and they and they pay some of the, the best athletes in the world and they do incredible things, but it wouldn't be sustainable if they didn't have the distribution and the network behind to be able to put it in people's put it in the consumers' hands at every turn of the corner, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's Jack, yeah. Jack Links has done has done a phenomenal job, and it's not it's not like Arizona iced tea that's made in New York, you know. It's like something that's just like why, why would I buy Arizona iced tea that's made and it has sixty grams of sugar in it, you know? It's uh, I'd rather a monster it has like twenty or something, you know. You know, like I I think, and that's that's a crazy thing is people have a negative connotation with with energy drinks, but I think they're a hell of a lot better than normal soda you know it's uh it's like it's just a newer, better soda that gives you more energy, you know, and has more more to it. It's like a supercharged soda with less sugar.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, some of them got a bad rap because of the deaths of younger kids that probably drank six of them in, in an hour or something because it because there was no supervision on it or something. It's it's energy drinks, and I think Monster's probably the biggest energy drink in the world distribution-wise after they got bought by the Coca-Cola company, or at yeah. least a percentage of yeah, them. Yeah, they did. got a
1: percentage button. They're now, they're 33 billion. Dude, you know, I saw something the other day. The best stock in the last ten years, or even longer, um, was Monster. Outperformed every single stock in the U.S. stock market. The company has grown exponentially. Now it's a little flat, but like how how much bigger can you get? You know, like it's a over thirty billion dollar company. Where aren't they? Exactly. Skate, they're skateboarding, they're UFC, they're... Okay, so they're MMA, they're skateboarding. NASCAR.
0: NASCAR big. Bull riding. Bull riding. I mean, everything. all the top PBR guys got a monster logo on their yeah. helmet. Yeah. I think even like JB Monty's a monster J- athlete. JB, yeah. That dude's like the biggest redneck backwoods cowboy there is, and then he's like, yeah, I'm a monster athlete. Yeah. And that dude is like a, He's a Wrangler wearing, chew-spitting, tobacco-spitting cowboy. He's a badass. Yeah. But then you're like, you're you're a monster athlete, and then so is... Tony Hall, you know some extreme athlete. So awesome. is cams. I think it's badass. They they're and everywhere, it's,
1: and it's a cool logo. It's a, like I, it always looks good. Like the first Monster helmet I got is uh, was was a huge moment for me because it's in sports and and especially action sports. If you get a Monster helmet, or I mean even even like another Energy Drinks helmet, like one of the reputable ones, that's huge. It's like instant credibility, and you're immediately in a different echelon you know on like when people see on tv they might not even realize it but that the the dudes with the with the energy helmets mainly monster people are gonna follow them closer like oh that guy's legit so and they they don't they'll it's 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 like any sponsor they could drop you it might not be you know a 10-year deal but i'm on i'm on my eighth year i think with them and why don't you
0: carry them with you monster yeah do they acquire do they require you to give people samples when you're a monster no, athlete? No, you
1: can't, they can't expect that i mean to fly with it or something or you know but you're but you're, like when
0: you land somewhere do they have a pallet of it waiting for you to where? hey cam let's have a monster you got enough to hand out to your buddies or is there is it just a logo on your helmet when
1: you're racing it's the logos man it's that's it's, killer isn't it? it it is and and i just buy it like if i want it's only a couple bucks i'll just buy, i don't need to get it for free if i'm if i'm in some other country or Canada or where I'll just, no, no, no. I meant like I'll when decide. you go to an
0: event, like if you're in a, an event, you're building your track deal over there or whatever. And you got, you, let's say, let's say it's getting what we're getting ready to talk about. And it's leading up to the big world record deal. What we're trying to do. Right. Yeah. You got a pallet of it delivered because you got all these construction guys there and you got all these videos going on. Isn't it right to have product everywhere for Monster to be seen grow, building the ramps and building the tracks and, and cam prep, prepping and all of that stuff? It's, they don't I, want any of that, huh?
1: No, they they they'd appreciate it, but I don't think they really need it. You know, you don't need to see people actually drinking it as much as you know they just realize that people do drink it and then
0: really you really think that you don't think that you actually have to see like if you would buy a pizza from shack if you never saw him eat a piece of papa murphy's pizza
1: yeah well i I wouldn't in that in that case but for the energy drinks yeah i think that that people are getting monster tattoos and rock star tattoos and whatnot you know people identify with the brand because of who they support so what
0: you're pretty much saying though is that you can become a monster athlete and have cam zinc status in the mountain biking world in the jumping world with a monster logo on your helmet but you may have never ever even drank one of the freaking things
1: i guess he i guess he could I guess you technically could have, but I mean, you don't like,
0: I, I thought that like when you win a race, don't you have to be holding a monster? Isn't that like, isn't there like, so, like I seen like guys hand fighters, a monster in the ring, a suit, like it must be in the contract. If you win and you're getting your hand raised by Bruce Buffer, you have to be holding a can of monster or something maybe. But I don't know with the Reebok contract anymore. I don't know how any of that thing, any of that works in the UFC anymore but it yeah, seems to me like they would want product placement more than anything to show the authenticity that it is a legit source of energy and that their athletes really do depend on it maybe depends the wrong word but they really do utilize it
1: yeah and and i've i've there's been plenty of cases where i've drank monster after riding but uh i mean usually it's not what you're Usually you're going for some protein or something after you ride or a protein shake or something. Uh, but then in that case, Monster makes Monster Muscle now. They have they have protein shakes. It's but it, but personally, I've haven't ever felt any pressure for them to put it in front of the camera, which I think is awesome. I uh, think that, it's I think, awesome. I think it's great that they they're not forcing you to get it get it on camera. I mean, they ask when you stand on the podium to at least have a Monster brand water bottle, you know, at least at least a logo in your hand um but they've never pressured it and i'm happy to try to like put it in the back of it or drink it while i'm building a bike when i'm recording like i just recorded uh, myself building my new downhill bike and i'll put it on my youtube um that's should just be easy to find under just cam zinc as well and yeah it's it makes it it makes me more likely to just do it anyway you know to put to be drinking it on camera if someone was forcing I don't like to be told what to do, like most people, if if someone was forcing me to have it at all times or be seen with it, you know, before I ride at every case, like I would I would be disgruntled and I wouldn't really want to represent Monster the way that I do. They're they're awesome. They they support me through all the projects that I do and, and these, these world records and everything and and I'm yeah, proud to be on the team.
0: Why would somebody with an iconic mark like that ever sponsor somebody like me
1: i think they would just have to see, but what? If, the, see if the juice is worth the squeeze are I mean, they
0: taking a chance though in, in in bruising their iconic brand by supporting gun rights in supporting hunting
1: i just think they would have to heavily outweigh it because there would people there would be people that would probably steer away from it but i don't think it would be as significant. A, a giant a giant amount. But then they they might also interpret it as what are the people that you would market to in in the hunting and and fishing game market would they be buying it anyway? You know, are they going to be buying it regardless? Who knows? I mean, I'm sure they have the analytics behind that, but
0: when when yeah. duck hunters and deer hunters and everybody wakes up, the first thing they do is get caffeine. Yeah. Some generations get coffee. Some generations like duck hunters will meet at a mini mart and they get energy drinks yeah there's five hour energy there's rockstar there's red bull there's sugar free red bull there's monster there's sugar free monster there's there's this new one called bang or something there's a uh, full throttle there's there's tons of them yeah why wouldn't they with the amount of money that hunters spend why wouldn't those companies want to be like hey, dude sh- if there's one lifestyle that needs energy it's freaking hunters it's just we're up a,
1: early it's just such a touchy subject i guess and maybe maybe tomorrow maybe the tomorrow they're like hey we're getting into hunting or i mean at least Having like a cam a real tree can or something. It's like happened. That, you know? Real
0: trees had their own energy drink. Have they? Yeah, real tree energy. There's wildlife energy drink at one time. I don't know if they're still in existence, but there was one called wildlife energy drink. But none of the majors have really, I I think Five Hour Energy actually did something with Nick Munt from Bone Collector. I think they did a campaign with him at one time. But I think the first one to really dive into that, Mountain Dew's done it. Remember the Dale Earnhardt duck hunting commercial? They had the camouflage can and they were giving away hunting equipment. Mountain Dew's got their
1: own energy drink. I don't know what it's called, but... uh, Mountain Dew's the original energy drink. That That was the soda that was marketed it as an action sports energy drink. Oh, I thought it was Jolt. Oh, they have Jolt. Oh, Jolt, Jolt. Cola. Oh
0: You probably drank Jolt. I could see you sponsored by Jolt back in the day when you first started before Monster.
1: Yeah. Jolt presents Cam Zinc. Twice the sugar, twice the caffeine. I remember that. Uh, jolt was hilarious dude your mom, mom and mom, your mom, mom and dad would me, freak out yeah, dude they wouldn't
0: let me get it. you'd have to sneak it and then they'd find out like four cavities at the next dental visit and like oh shit but yeah i think it's an interesting topic man celebrity endorsement and marketing is so awesome it's like the new way is to buy all these ads on facebook and to buy all these ads and sponsored ads on instagram and tv's dead and that i'm like really because super bowl commercials are still that's still heavily viewed yeah um if you watch any major network, you're seeing the major iconic brands still advertise in it. There's a place for TV. I understand that, but the way people are getting their content and the way companies are marketing, they're evolving, but I'm wondering if it's going to, you know, revolve back to what it was is, is there a chance that it does that, um, you're going to see a bull rider with just a plaid shirt on and just a cowboy hat, or maybe just a helmet with no logos plastered across them. Did the UFC get so much money from Reebok that they, that you don't see any other companies in the octagon really, except the ones on the octagon. You don't see them on the fighter shorts. You don't see any banners draped over the fence anymore with the ads on them. There was a time where there was hunting companies on fighter shorts, Matt Hughes, Tim Sylvia, Brock Lesnar had freaking had fusion ammo, a huge, a huge federal ammo on there. So it's just like marketing changes in different segments. UFC has changed their, the way that their fighters market.
1: Yeah. And that's on one side. I don't know that. I don't know the, the behind the scenes of it, of what people are getting paid and how it's changed and evolved, but it seems like they're taking the power out of the athletes, but then in some cases they're making it easier on them because the UFC contracts have gotten bigger for sure per fight and, and the purses, but then the the athletes aren't able to, to get, obtain their own sponsors, you know, and, and have 20 plaster on their shorts, but it also cleaned it up a little bit, you know, it made it look a little better, but it's, it's funneling everything through the UFC and the USC distributes the funds. So it's, it's wise of a business to do that, but I don't know if it's right or wrong cuz I don't know what the, what the athletes were getting paid or what they are getting paid, but I know that it's the sport is growing massively and if you're in the UFC, then you are doing pretty damn well. So they, they just kind of took the power of of the funding and and the supporters away from the athletes and into their own hands. But maybe that's a good thing. Maybe everyone else is reaping bigger rewards than they were. You already.
0: really think that they're getting paid enough not to go after their own money? I'm not, I, don't, I, think,
1: I, don't, I don't, don't think they can't go out and endorse stuff. I don't know stuff. enough about it. There's
0: still know. fighters that endorse other brands. They just can't wear them on their trunks anymore. Yeah.
1: yeah and I, I don't know. I'm sad. I, I don't know enough about it to really speak on it, but I would from an outside perspective it seems like they're getting paid a lot more i mean thanks to people like connor and others that have, have been transcendent above and beyond to be a household name and that's helped elevate the sport and it's not just the ufc that is that has you know made leaps and bounds as the athletes themselves have made extraordinary achievements but, but they probably wouldn't have been able to do it without this this medium they're not doing it in bellator i don't know anyone in bellator or, or these other MMA's ones? Oh, Ryan Bader is the heavyweight champion of the world in Bellator. He's yeah. a Reno boy.
0: Went to McQueen. Really? Yeah, he just won See, the Grand Prix. Full the ride scholarship to Arizona State. He, he won the ultimate fighter in UFC. Fought there about 10 fights. Dude, I am so out of loop. That name rings a bell, but I, didn't, I had no idea. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of fighters in Bellator, dude. Lots. And a lot of them used to be in the UFC. Mm-hmm. But as far as the prime place to go, yeah, I think you're right. When people think of mixed martial arts, they think of UFC. It's the icon. It's where people want to be. But I've also heard that their athletes don't get paid as much as fighters do. And that's why Bellator is getting fighters. That's why this new one championship just took somebody like Sage Northcutt, who got his ass kicked the other day. God, it was a bad knockout. But and I love Sage's fighting style, but he left the UFC to go to one, you know, one championship, which, which is over in Asia, Japan. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're getting paid yeah. enough to, I have to no sacrifice idea. all that. I have no but cool. again, where, what are they going to do if they're not? you know, they're in these contracts. It's not the, the, the platforms there. UFC is having so many fights. Now, a lot of people are like, man, it's not what it used to be. You used to get pay-per-view once a month and it would be rampage against Chuck Liddell as the main event. Now there's a freaking title fight every week almost on ESPN app. And then it's, and then there's a couple pay-per-views, you know, I think the pay-per-views are even through the ESPN app as well. It's changed.
1: Yeah. I think, and I, and I, it's, on to some regard that seems just like there's so many fighters out there now and there's the now you now you see the list of of the top 10 contenders and and everyone moving up and down the pecking order i mean where are those fights going to go they might as well be seen they're not going to be just some inferior undercard that they you know it's before anyone's really tuning in but I think that it's got, there has to be that many fights nowadays, right? Because there's so many there's, contenders huh? and yeah. there's so many legit names that are top 10 contender in each weight division and in women now that's almost double, you know, oh, yeah. like there's, there's the women's women's are, are headlining now it's kind of, and, it, and after Ronda Rousey, you know, that's pretty, pretty incredible. That's, I mean, that says a lot about it, how, how deep the talent pool is and how many fights there are and it with it still being sustainable. And, and do you, are you a fan? I am, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I don't tune in as much as I'd like. I mean, I don't really dedicate. People to be like, oh, the UFC fights on, it. Are you watch. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize, but I'd like to watch it. I'll come over and watch it. i maybe I'll even buy the pay per view at my house. But uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't dedicate enough time to stay and learned on it.
0: What would you say is your go-to right now, besides the work you're doing in and in Motocross.
1: Your career, you're, you're a big
0: motocross. The yeah. hardest sport in extreme sports. Yeah. The best athletes in extreme sports.
1: I think the best athletes in the world. In the world. We had this debate before. I, dude, it's, it's, uh, it's the hardest sport in the world, the gnarliest sport in the world. I think it's the, the, most, uh, the most captivating for me. And, and, it's, and anything to do with racing is just, it's, it's less uh, subjective than judge sports. And it's more, it's, it'll stand the test of time. Anyone loves a good race, no matter what they're racing in, in 100 years in the future. It'll be unfortunate one day when they get to electric bikes and, there's, and it doesn't sound as cool, but fork strokes don't sound as cool as two strokes, but motocross will always be cool. It's, uh, it's the one that I listen to the most podcasts on. I follow the, the, everyone on social media and watch every race live and download the NBC Sports Gold app and watch all that. All the outdoors now, all the supercrosses, it's uh it's the uh, the biggest motivating factor for me as well because I don't need to be as highly um endurance trained in my sport, but it's still motivating to because we're on two wheels and and I enjoy riding motocross so when I go out and if I can spin a thirty minute moto, I know that i'm doing doing pretty damn good even if it's if it's at a slightly slower speed because that's the, it's incredibly hard. And I know that I'm going to be better on my mountain bike as well. I think after I, my dad wouldn't buy me a dirt bike when I was younger, but I think when I was 20, I bought my first one when I could afford it. And ever since then, I feel like my riding style on mountain bikes changed a little bit and it's, and I think it's cool.
0: Who, who's the rider right now? I know Carmichael is the goat, but who's the rider right now that you would say I'd bet, I'd bet money on him to win the championship.
1: Dude, that's what's so exciting about it is 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 eli tomac in the 450s and and adam cincerella are, are the favorites but there's four other people that could legitimately win it like cooper webb won the supercross 450 title and he wasn't even on anyone's top 10 i mean some people but he was the the top 10 at the anaheim one press conference for the first race of supercross he wasn't even in the top 10 and he won the title so it's That says a lot about it. It just takes someone with the grit, the training, the right bike, and it's the perfect, I heard this quote before, it's the perfect intersection between man and machine because you have F1 racing, that's far more the car. You know, you watch F1 racing and it's two, 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 like the teams are grouped together because the car is so important. And in mountain biking, it's more the rider. You know, cycling, it's like road cycling, far more the rider than the bike. But motocross is like equally as important as the the bike and the and the rider, and the endurance of the athlete and the suspension of the bike and the motor and the handling, and it's uh, that's that's what's so cool about it. What's the quote? the The quote is that that motorcycle or motor, motocross racing is the perfect intersection between man and machine. So the the athlete and the bike are equally as important. So you're
0: saying that as opposed to using your legs to pedal a mountain bike, you got to have a strong engine, but you also have to have an unbelievable athlete on that motocross bike with a heart rate. That's not going to jump through the roof or he can sustain a high heart rate, yeah. strong muscles, strong core balance, equilibrium, athleticism. It's all like you think about what your body goes through on a motorcycle. People don't, I don't think people really understand what no. on those tracks, what's really happening. Explain to me what is because you've done it.
1: Did a thirty-minute moto, 30 plus two in, in motocross. So you have a thirty-five-minute moto, and that the majority of their heart rates are one eighty plus for that whole thirty minutes. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. And the thing is, like, they they only comp, soccer is the the one that they compare it to the most. And as far as anaerobic strength and and sustainability from at such a high level of heart rate, but what happens in soccer? You just slow down you just like stop you're not going to cross right off a 70 to 100 foot jump and weed your oakleys and be done um you could die like you could you could be paralyzed you could die and it's it's uh it's pretty remarkable
0: so 180 beats per minute for 30 minute moto is how many laps
1: uh, usually about two minute laps. So you're probably like, no, so it's like, 50, so it's, it's, thir, it's 30 minutes plus two laps. So it's usually like 17 laps or something.
0: 17 laps that consist of jumps, moguls, um, loop de loose, uh, tight turns, putting one foot on the ground. And then you got to, you know, you got to separate yourself out of the gates is tough. The amount of concentration and cognitive thinking that's also going into being a motocross racing, your awareness, knowing your surroundings, you're dra- it's stressful, it's dangerous. I mean, you're dealing with me, you're dealing with shit that can take you know take you out in a heartbeat, and you see that it happens. But I, I don't I don't think I can argue with you that the best. I would say that the best baseball the baseball is the hardest sport to be successful in, just because of hitting a baseball scientifically. I have that argument with a lot of people. I truly think that there are sports out there that are more taxing. Obviously there are. Baseball's 162 games a year. The injury rate's pretty high because it doesn't take much of an injury to be out. It's very hard to hit a round object with another round object that's coming at you at those speeds and changing planes and all of that stuff. It's very hard. You got to have unbelievable eye-hand coordination. You got to be a great athlete. But your heart rate's not at 180. You don't have people coming up behind you and trying to take you out. You don't have jumps to go flying off and putting your body in that area. And, And the thing is like, I always compared to like, if you took the top 10 athletes in each sport, let's say you took those top 10 at that Anaheim press conference for motocross, you took top 10 major league baseball athletes, Mike Trout, and there's, a, there's some really good athletes play baseball, football, basketball, swimmers, golfers. And you said, okay, we got top 10 in every sport motor mountain bikers, snowboarders, everything, skateboarders. Now we're going to go through and we're going to do a Bo Jackson contest. Grab that basketball, grab that golf club, grab that baseball bat. And I think I would argue that baseball players would be able to catch a football, dribble a basketball and shoot it, hit a baseball, hit a golf ball, jump a motocross bike, or at least ride a motorcycle, swim laps, not at a world-class level. You take all those other athletes and you put them on a baseball field and hit grounders at them or throw pitches at them. I'm going to say my money's going to be on baseball players are going to win the Olympics of the greatest athletes on earth.
1: Well, the majority of those tasks that you that you mentioned are relevant to baseball and stick and ball. So if you no, can, you're, you're, I'm talking motocross, swimming. Well, the only action sport you tossed in there was, was motocross. I said but, mountain
0: biking. Can, I said you take the mountain bikers. Right, you a mountain so bike?
1: Sean Palmer was uh, a motocross racer, mountain biker. He won X Games medals in snowboarding, uh, snowmobile, skier cross, switch over skiing, mountain biking. And he's qualified for a main event for for Supercross. He qualified third one year at a, at a motocross national. And he went up against, I need to look this up where it was, but he went and did a, a, an all around athletic test, like you're saying, against football players. And he, and, he, and he beat so many professional athletes, football players and baseball players and everything. So are you telling me I'm wrong? I think that I think that it, it could be skewed either way. If you put them all in stick and ball sports-based tasks, of course, baseball players going to win. But you never know, you you know. But I'm talking like you're— I've, I, heard, I've heard surfers, though, are usually the best because they're the overall endurance, um, agility and balance, and thinking on the fly and, and making—, making you know, critical thinking choices, um, while under pressure and while under stress, and while but they couldn't hit a baseball, you don't know that. No way, you don't know. Dude, that. No,
0: it's the hardest thing to do in sports,
1: Cam. It's the it's the hardest single task that is that is so widely known.
0: Remember yeah. when Michael Jordan left the Bulls and went down and played for Birmingham and Double A, and they showed him in the cages. He couldn't hit a baseball to save his life, and he was one of the better ones at it yeah in the basketball league
1: yeah but he didn't grow up playing baseball you put
0: mike trout on a basketball court he's dunking and draining three-pointers like there's no tomorrow
1: okay so a rock section is a pretty basic part of a downhill track give me a professional baseball player and and i'll get him on a bike and see if he can even just just ride the track let alone at a good pace let alone pick a good line let alone go race speed but he can ride a bike yeah but he can ride a bike but how about all right let's elevate that to hit a homer then You know, like you can hit a ball, but you can't hit home. What's the, what's the level? I'm just talking about hitting a slider. I'm talking about hitting a a ball.
0: I'm talking about hitting a baseball. You put most athletes in a cage and they don't look like an athlete anymore. You put a baseball player on a bike. He still looks like a bike rider.
1: I disagree. Really? I I totally disagree. I bet you put, (laughs) I bet you put a baseball player on on a, on a mountain bike. Uh, Obviously there's, there's hundreds of baseball players in in the MLB. There are a few that would probably rip on a bike, but I'm not saying all of them. I'm, just, I'm saying that there are, there are a few that would absolutely look awesome. Probably probably just get on and take tech- I bet you more of them would look, look awesome than you think. You'd be surprised. A I'm not saying that dude, I could go dude, on
0: your track and last. I'm not saying that, but I can ride a bike.
1: Dude, we did this thing for, uh, my buddy and I got called by Abercrombie and Fitch when we were teenagers. Male models. Well, we, they, did the, they did these, this is when YouTube was just starting, and then they did these things where we'd take an actual male model that was athletic, and this dude played you know, collegiate sports and stuff, and, and we brought him out to Utah to go try to ride him. I'm like, you know, by the end of this week, we're gonna, you're going to be able to do this drop. And it was a pretty big drop. It was probably like eight foot or something, but it was really easy and perfect. You pretty much could sit down doing it and roll right off it. By the end of the week, the dude weeded himself trying to go off of like a one to two foot drop and couldn't even, couldn't even ride down this, this like I could ride off. I, I showed him, I sat on my seat and rode off with no feet on and did nothing. And he couldn't, couldn't even do it so that's just one person it could just be a bad seat but you're comparing
0: a male model to a baseball player
1: apparently apparently he played collegiate sports which sport i don't know swimming
0: swimming is hard as hell but i can get in a pool and swim 15 laps most I'm, swimmers
1: can't get in a cage and hit a baseball. I wish I had more. To, that, was a, that was a poor example a poor example, <laughs> and analogy because maybe, maybe he didn't even – maybe he didn't. Maybe they just said that he played collegiate. But maybe, no, I'm, dude, they,
0: I'm, I'm playing the devil's advocate. It's a good argument. Yeah. I think that if you took mountain bikers and put them up against baseball players in all those respective sports – and they and baseball players had to ride a mountain bike, but they also had to go bowling. I would they also love had to play to ping it. pong. They had to play ping pong and they gotta do this and cornhole and all this stuff. Baseball players are the ultimate athlete.
1: I would love to see this. they need more they I think they used to do this stuff more often. I think
0: you and I just came up with a new game show. Yeah. Let's do it. We gotta get a bunch of stuff going on. Remember that old show on Spike? It was called Pros versus Joes, yeah. and people would compete against Bo. Bo was on it. Yeah. That when Brian Bos. Yeah. I think remember when Bo ran over Brian Bosworth? <laughs> when he was the Seattle Seahawks and Bo got that run down and just smoked him, oh! And then that one when he ran that like ninety-two yard touchdown, he just kept running right into the tunnel because he couldn't slow down. But dude, that guy was like six-two, two hundred and twenty-five pounds and ran a 4, 4'2", 340. or a 4'3", 240, something like that. The, remember when he caught that ball and and ran up the ran up the fence in the outfield and he got completely perpendicular with the fence, horizontal with the fence and just freaking ran right up it
1: man i love that kind of stuff that's
0: a good (laughs) argument to have though dude but i'm telling you you get most athletes in a baseball situation and they cannot perform they cannot get in there and put it together to hit the ball i'm telling you i've seen it
1: I, I i agree with you i believe it and i'm not it. saying that
0: we could go win the red bull rampage or the monster rampage which energy drink are we supposed to exactly. support right here because
1: because there are there are definitely tasks and there are people that can uh, that can perform these tasks just kind of inherently you know and and just they have an innate ability to be able to hit a ball uh, you know some people could probably stepped in the batting cage and never hit a ball before in their life and maybe hit you know maybe I mean, there's got to be people that could hit it right away but that's something that takes time like you you didn't learn how to swim like you, you didn't just instantly know how to swim or instantly know how to ride a bike. Even if you'd have to develop, develop develop a skill. You're fighting my but, argument. But riding a bike versus hitting a baseball, of course, hitting a baseball is harder for sure. But but at what level? You know? but,
0: but baseball players are going to be able to get in there and swim. You're saying that we learned to swim when we're kids.
1: Yeah, but some people didn't. Some people didn't learn how to play baseball. Exactly.
0: But baseball players can go and do all that other shit that I'm talking about. That's the whole argument. They could go in there and ride a bike. They could go in there and swim. They could go shoot a basketball. They could catch a football. They could tackle. I don't know if a bull rider could hit a baseball and i damn sure don't know if a baseball player could ride a bull that's one sport to where
1: those could be the most lethal athletes in the world right i guarantee that there's baseball players that can't swim and i guarantee that there's somewhere a baseball player along the line that couldn't ride a bike we said we're going to take the top 10 proficient (laughs) athletes in each sport (laughs) just
0: so if we get the top ten athletes in baseball right now, Baez and, and Trout and 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 Harper's probably one of them. I think Harper
1: has the biggest contract, wouldn't it? Who is he? The Bryce one? Harper Bryce? signed
0: thirteen years, three hundred thirty million, I believe. And then Harper came, or then the the Angels came in and signed Trout for twelve years for four hundred forty million, I think. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Best athletes in the world, bro. Right. Nobody's making that kind of money except Floyd Mayweather and maybe, maybe Kaneo yeah, with their new contracts and maybe the new freaking heavyweight champion in the world. Wilder. Holy shit, did he knock that dude out last
1: week. I, I missed it, dude. I got to look it up. Everyone's been talking oh, about it. I it sounded like awesome. a Mike
0: Tyson punch, dude. Yeah. Go back and watch it. That's the, what we need. Go back. And, oh, we need it, dude. It was so perfectly written by Rogan when he wrote it. He goes, we finally have another U.S. heavyweight champion that, that's reminiscent of Tyson. Go back and watch on the Tyson highlight against larry holmes when he hits him with the right knocks yeah. him down then he hits him with that left later on knocks him out dante wilder hits this guy and it sounds just like a tyson punch dude this this guy's just out i mean he don't even get up <laughs> he's freaking that dude is his knockout ratio is through the roof how good he is so you have we got a transition that's what, in this. Need to, that's what
1: people need to see man i remember yeah tyson especially in the early age. i don't i don't remember the stat but it was like his first 20 fights didn't go past the first round or something and he like was, that and he was fighting guys that were freaking undefeated and beat
0: michael spinks was undefeated he knocked him out in 91 seconds through the ropes and people are like oh he's he never had the competition and he got his ass kicked by holyfield his i don't even want to get into the tyson career yeah. i've said it on this podcast he so many lost times interest, people he, yeah he just is like dude i'm over this i can't he, said
1: keep. he was doing cocaine the night before he uh, got uh, knocked out by holyfield he wasn't training he, no i can't keep he
0: couldn't keep going in the ring and having that vicious attitude he was no. he was going through 300 He went through like three hundred thirty million dollars in his career, gone. But anyway, people are tired of hearing me talk about Tyson's career. You are recovering still. Last time we talked, you were coming off of an injury. Yeah. And tell me where you're at in the rehabilitation of it, and what's coming up because we also talked about you broke the world record with a a jump of hundred feet three inches with a backflip in it. Yeah. And now you're going to break that again with a hundred and fifty foot gap backflip on a mountain bike. And you're going to do this win. What's the timeline looking like with the rest of your rehab and where you at?
1: I'm still kind of rehabbing. I guess it's a long. It's just a long road, man. Like anything to do with joints, ligaments, cartilage, and and the muscle that it takes to rebuild. You know, post post op is it's just a long road. It's not quite as bad as a knee, but it's uh, it's not that far off. I mean, in, in a knee with soccer players, they don't come back for 14 months, you know, or they're not playing for, for well over a year, uh, riding, I would always come back in like six or something, but with shoulder, I started riding about riding a little bit, about four months, started riding, um, fairly normal at five months. And now I'm at six months, like six months in a week, I think and, or six months, four days, actually it was on the 17th. And it's, it's coming along and I'm starting to feel like, feel like a normal human again, because it's such a, it's such a big part about my life. You know, it's, it's been, it's, it's a sense of identity. It's my sense of self worth, no matter how many other things that I fill my life with and how joyful it is to have kids and a, and a wife and, and, and all the other things that come with just being an adult. Like it's, it, it's impossible to ignore. It's the, it's one of the most, it's, it's, not everything, but it's a huge piece of me, you know, and some of the best friends I have in the world, my, my livelihood, the businesses that I own are all because of bike riding and they're, they're contingent on me riding well. And, and my sense of self-worth, just even if I wasn't, wasn't how I made a living would still thrive on, on riding well. It's just who I am, you know? So, when you're, when you're injured and you're not able to ride and then not able to ride at the level that you're used to, it kind of just wears on you and you get better at it. But at the same time, it's hard, it's hard day to day to not ignore it and realize, you know, probably working off a little bit of a deficit today because I wasn't able to ride. And even just yesterday, I wasn't able to get out. It was, it was kind of crappy out and I feel like it was a good day to get all my stuff on my to-do list done. And, but the day before, I went riding and then came home and it was just juiced. Like I was just so pumped and happy and energetic and, you know, late at night and then putting the kids bed and then I'm still happy and, you know, still ready to rip. And, but then yesterday I was like, sitting on the couch at the exact same time. And I'm like, I'm not like, I don't have much energy right now. I'm not as happy. I'm not like, and not like I'm depressed by any means, but I'm just like, huh, I'm not. Yesterday I remember being like, I was just ripping. Like after I came home, I was just happy, full of life. You know, it's like, it's it's so it's your drug almost it kind of is man and it's and it's you always hear people say you should do you should push the limits each day you should get scared each day you should do do something that pushes yourself and you you know if you're not living you're dying if you you know you're not moving forward and progressing you're starting to die as well that's just that's the way i live it's the it's whether it's riding motorcycles or snowboards or surfing or, or or mountain bikes it's it's what it's who I am, and it's what makes. Are you going to be
0: able to get that same fix off of just riding, or are you going to have to compete?
1: I think I don't. I don't need to compete by any means. I mean, I think that that's that's something that it's the biggest catalyst for for competing. I think is is pushing yourself prior to the contest and doing all and putting in the work and staying healthy and and going to the gym and and getting your mind right and getting your bike set up because you have an end goal. You know, I think that's the most prevalent side of it that it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's the, it's the catalyst for, for riding at a level that's more than just mundane and boring. So when I'm done competing, I, I, I enjoy going on a cross country ride and, and just a normal, normal ride, um, very much, like, especially when I go with my wife and my kids and stuff, it's not the same, but I still, still really enjoy it and, and just, when I'm, when I'm 70 or 80, I'll be able to, I'll be able to have fun just trying to roost a corner. Cause whatever I'm level I'm at, as long as I'm trying, as long as I'm living up to my, my expectations of myself and, and my potential first and foremost, then, then I'll be happy. I mean, if, if right now my potential was only to, to just go out and just hit a jump and not even do tricks and I did that then I would be happy, you know, but right now my, my goals and my level of of where i'm at and and my potential is is kind of endless like the i'm trying to push the limits of of what's ever been done on a bike and i feel fortunate to be in that position i want to flip further than anyone jump further than anyone then um, i feel fortunate to be in that position and have the means to create the jump and have the land and have the supporters and be able to get it on espn and 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 do it all on my own this and, jump's going to be on espn it should be i gotta I a uh a verbal or email email confirmation that whenever i get it produced that they'll put it on world of x games on espn and abc so um it's not a hundred percent signed deal but they they gave me the verbal or the email confirmation that that when it's done that they will and and monster supports that so Is, is the jump built Jump's been built i already i've already flipped it at 110 feet i think i think we talked about this last time yeah we did but i'm
0: is the timeline still just based on your rehab right
1: now yeah yeah so right now i'd probably be jumping it today or tomorrow and getting ready for it but the weather hasn't been cooperating but last week i didn't feel like i was i just built up a new bike two days ago and i'm starting to starting to check all the boxes to where i'm going to really start pushing it again and starting to feel feel really normal on the bike you know and feel like riding two days ago i felt really good and pretty much like my normal self. And, and I don't want to try to level up too quick. Cause then like the other day I rolled my ankle and then, and then I tweaked my knee a little bit. So there's so many other things that your body isn't quite ready for unless you, you're kind of just progressing back into riding. Cause I haven't been, been doing all these, you can do all the gym work you want, but you can't replicate the situation you're going to be cause you're going to crash and you gotta, you gotta get your body back used to rolling out of things and, and correcting mistakes. Cause it's, if you're not making mistakes, it's generally easy. Like you're generally just riding effortlessly. It doesn't take that much muscle and everything's perfect. But when you, if you get not even into a bad situation, if you need to make correction, then you're, then you need all your, your strength and all your training and all your skills, um, and your bike setup to get you out of that. But
0: but you're talking about jumping half a football field, bro. Yeah. With a backflip. Yeah. That's not normal. That's like evil Knievel shit. Worse. You're on a bike. It's hard to get your
1: speed to even get that far. Yeah. It's almost 60 mile an hour. So, and I have a, a big hill to do it. And it and it's, but it's, man, I I had the help of my buddy Mike Power, who's, who's an incredible machine operator. And I helped do the, build the jump the best I could with an excavator and a dozer and skid steer and everything. But he's the one that made the made the ramp or made the landing, everything that can be in the jump and the runway. And the, the ramp was made by Snowpark Technologies. Um, they they were out of Ur-Di. Um So it's an incredible ramp. They figured out all the physics on it. Um, they have the calculators for like 10 blocks jumps and stuff like that. And there's more variables on a bike, but it's, it's a perfect ramp, uh, the perfect landing. And when I flipped it at 110 feet, which broke my own record and an unofficial new world record, it felt awesome. It felt great. And, and, and I, I think that it's completely feasible because um, you, you lay in bed at night and you, or you're, when you're on your way riding, you're like, is this a soup and doing this, you know? But then when you, when you take it step by step and I wouldn't necessarily call them baby steps, but if you make incremental gains, then you, it starts to make more sense and it starts to become safer. Um, you have to put yourself in that position more more times and and more frequently but you're doing it in a safer environment rather than just hucking a 150 foot flip you know it's still 150 foot flip,
0: dude. I just yeah. can't get it through my head that, I mean, I know a baseball player could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you a baseball player? <laughs> I need to come. I really do want to come out and watch this. Yeah. I think that this, 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 all of this stuff that you're doing now should be documented though. This should have been a mini series. This should have been a 13 episode, something, maybe a 10 episode of building the ramp and the rehab and the mental, the, just the mental approach to go into this and what it takes and building your bike and then going out to the property and seeing the, Cultivation of the land and seeing drone footage of the overlay and how how fast you know just the hill that you got to come down and keep your bearings going sixty miles an hour on something with two two wheels and two pedals people that's what I want to see that's that's some freaking badass stuff right there dude and and I'm just like that we need to be out there watching this the world needs to see what it takes to do a hundred and fifty foot black backflip because you said it yourself you're doing you're striving to do things on bikes that have never been done before. Well, dude, I don't know what you're doing, man. You need, I need to see this shit. I want to, I want this documented.
1: Oh, tell, tell Amazon or Netflix to give me a call. So that's, that's the part of it. Who's your agent, dude? That's the part of it that, that takes, it's time consuming, man. It's super time consuming to try to not only promote yourself, but try to get these projects funded on your own. So right now I'm, I mean, even just building, most people don't build like the first one did the hundred foot flip that was built by mammoth and it cost them essentially 100,000 bucks or more than that. I built this whole setup for, for under 20 grand, but still it's 20 grand out of my own pocket and countless hours of it and, and designing it. And and I mean, just having the confidence that I know how to build it, first of all, and then that I'm gonna put my life in my own hands, but- Crazy, uh, it needs to be seen, dude. When
0: When is this, I'm not interrupting you, but when when do you expect to be able to, 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 to be ready to where you like 15-20 days leading up to the actual jump where you're going to be practicing and, and trying to hit because do you have to hit it first before you actually attempt 150
1: are you going to do it once without the world record well that's the beauty so the first time I did it was dirt to dirt so that one was we practiced we rode the lip into an airbag or I, did, I rode the lip into an airbag Two actually two 40 foot airbags put back to back but that was kind of a bad decision that was just there because they had them um, but It was dirt to dirt so you're not going to move the ramp back you know and getting the speed right down a hill when your speed's varying each every couple hours even if your tire pressure is the same visor position same clothes same same everything your speed's varying a couple mile an hour and each mile an hour we figured out was six to ten feet of jump so you're off three mile an hour when you're going 50 to 53 or 49 to 52 like that's 25 feet and you're either going to case it or you're going to go long So the, the dirt to dirt was one I really wanted to accomplish first and foremost, gravity fed, no toe in and, and it was, it was tough, man. But then we took every step that we possibly could. And it was one of the safer things ever done. This one is bigger, but I should theoretically be able to make it just as safe because it's a ramp. So it's a ramp to dirt. And I, so at 110 feet, the ramp set at 85 to the knuckle, which is like the, the first, area of the sweet spot really. So I overshot it by 25 feet and it was awesome because the landing's 120 feet long and you would be pretty screwed if you landed 60 feet down it or more, you'd probably explode, but it's, I'm able to scoot the ramp back. So now I'll scoot it back to hundred and then flip it maybe to 120, 130, and then scoot it back a little bit more. And then probably when I, probably when I try to hit 150 foot flip on the nose it'll the ramp will probably be set up at like 135 or 140 or something so it's it's cool that you can do incremental gains um and just get the speed right and get more keen with it but it's it's crazy man for that mammoth one it, it opened up my eyes a lot because i didn't realize that how much speed could vary and if you're riding in the morning right in the afternoon you think that it's just you and you're like oh what's wrong with me but rolling in in the morning same dirt. It wasn't watered. It wasn't raked any different. It was, um, again, same visor position, same everything, like saying all the aerodynamics should theoretically be the same. The tire pressure is the same. And I was sprinting and then tucking and only able to go 49 in the afternoon. No wind again, just different barometric pressure or something. Um, take a couple cranks, sit up in an un-aero position. And then it got going like 53, It was, so if I would've hit the jump, just like, oh, I'm just gonna do it without like the radar gun, (laughs) I would've been just, probably would've blown up and it would've been the end of it. I wouldn't have been able to even do the jump. Probably would've overshot it and got hurt. So I've never relied on a radar gun. I thought there it was just kind of for show and it was kind of funny to have it. But then at the end of the day, like doing the test runs, it helped out a lot. Like, But then when it came time to do the actual jump after we got the kind of the baseline throughout the day, um, I didn't look at the speedometer at all, you know, I just went cause it going off a of feel and just looking at the lip and the landing and you do the kind of the physics in your head subconsciously. But, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to have the radar gun. So I think. So you it, think by summer we'll see this? Yeah. By the end I'd of summer? I'd i say within the next two months is, is. You'll keep us is, updated? Yeah. Extremely likely.
0: At Cam Zinc on Instagram, yeah. Cam Zinc on YouTube. Check this cat out. He has got it going on. He's coming off injury, and he's going to break his own world record: hundred and fifty feet backflip on a mountain bike over the gap, ramp to ramp. He's going to do it in the state of Nevada on his own property on the ramp that he built. And I'm talking, what a career, dude. Congratulations, brother. Thanks for being here again. We talked about a lot today. Like Howard Stern says, you've said it all. I want to get back into this argument and maybe this idea of this competition that we're talking about so I can prove to you once and for all that baseball players are the supreme athletes on the land. I know that motocross racers and everybody's badass. I get it. But baseball players are the supreme.
1: <laughs> Quit I can't, laughing. I can't. I can't wait to see it. I just. I love. It's going
0: to be an awesome. We got to call Mike Trout and get all these guys ready to go and see if they're interested. Dude, and would, then they're going to be like, "Well, that's going to be two million for me to participate." And me and you are going to have to figure out and
1: find the money. Wouldn't it be nice if we could, if there, if it was actually feasible to make this, make this happen? But I'm sure if you found. Maybe, maybe we could find people that are just retired, freshly retired, but still like
0: like pros versus Joe's. That was the freshly retired people. Yeah. Let's do it. Cam Zink. I am not, I don't want to go into more detail on that or the jump. I want to do one more podcast going into the jump and where your mind's at and where you're at. And maybe we can document some of that because it's killer to me what you're getting ready to do and what you've already accomplished and what you keep striving, you know, you're just freaking killing it. So the company we need to talk about that more on the next podcast too in this seat i saw some post on the tailgate seat and and i think that we can do some stuff together there in the hunting industry
1: potentially um, yeah yeah tell her to check it out the the census.com that's t-h-e-s-e-n-s-u-s-s-e-n-s-u-s yeah like so like the united states census but spelled with an s and then um yeah on our instagram census grips but the biggest product that's the biggest product I've ever I've ever made, um, potentially an invention slash you know, cultivating this this new product of of turning your tailgate into a couch, like any and you can have a seat back on your couch and then you can store your you can put beers in it on ice, or you can throw your dirty gear in it when you're done and then close it, and then you don't sneak up your cab with your dirty riding gear or whatever hunting gear. You can throw your waders in there or something, but... I need to get one and try it out. I'll, I'll get you one, man. I'll there, show you. you yeah, it. The census, census Bachelor I'll pack. buy it so it doesn't look like you're just giving me an endorsement
0: deal. Awesome. <laughs> Cam Zinc at CamZink on Instagram. Awesome show today. That was a freaking killer talk, celebrity endorsement. We're going to get more into that in the future. <laughs> Hope you all are doing well out there. Please remember to go get joined up. Go enter the North American Whitetail Championships brought to you by Bone Collector, NAWTC.com, Champ. On Instagram, N A W T Champ on Instagram. Check them out what they're doing. $300 gets you entered for a chance to qualify and win $50,000 brought to you by the Bone Collector crew and Wicked Outfitters. And that $300 package gets you a, or that $300 entry fee gets you a package already valued more than that with a gator. Gator Coolers tumbler cup, a Tacticam camera, a bunch of accessories for your bow. Today's episode is also brought to you by My Outdoor TV, tv Check them out at moTV.com. Find your content from all of the different producers on Outdoor Channel, World Fishing Network, Sportsman's Channel. Get involved if you love the hunting sports, shooting sports, fishing sports, outdoors, conservation, boating. It doesn't matter. Get a subscription to tv to get your content, get your fix daily, just like Cam needs to be on that bike. I know a lot of you need. To to get that hunting footage f- daily so you don't go crazy and um it does. It truly gets us through the off season. We got a big announcement coming with Mo TV with the Fowl Life. You can find all of our seasons up to season ten on Mo TV, and we love it. We love the app, and we think it's great for the outdoors and the best way to find all of your outdoor shooting, hunting, fishing, conservation content. So keep looking for that. Thank you for the support of this life ain't for everybody. We are now an officially trademarked company and brand. So is Jargon Game Calls. So we're proud to announce that. But look for new merchandise on all of our websites: thefowlife.com, jargongamecalls.com com this life ain't for everybody.com banded.com and averyoutdoors.com thank you so much for the support of all of our brands we truly appreciate that and we're humbled by the growth of this podcast we got some more amazing guests coming up just like cam zinc he was another badass talk today he's becoming a better and better friend and we support him and what he's getting ready to do so check him out again at cam zinc c-a-m-z-i-n-k on instagram youtube is cam zinc he is the man he is a bad mofo tom rashishin hit that button leith Lofton what you going to do when the money's all gone. Thank you all so much. This has been another exciting episode gone. of this Life Ain't For Everybody.
1: Say life owners won't last that long. What you going to
0: do when the money's all gone?